because he knows that I'm the Cyber Dragon. God, so I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have to do it for him one time. I have to do it for him one time. I love that. <laughs> Welcome back to the I Am Nerd Podcast, guys. We're here for episode 20, and we have a special guest today, my good friend and longtime friend, Blair Hunter. Hey, yo, 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 what's going on? It's Blair uh, with I Am Nerd Podcast, here with yep. Fred Wade and the legendary Kenny. What's going on, y'all? Oh, shit, I'm legendary? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Well, I'm with the legendary Mugiwata no Blair. Hey, what's good? Thank y'all for having me. But yeah, so tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself, Blair. We'd like to hear... How did you get into Yu-Gi-Oh and your Yu-Gi-Oh journey? Uh, so majority, majority, like my Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, I guess how I started Yu-Gi-Oh is almost like anyone else's. They watch the anime, mm-hmm. uh, get started like that, play the game wrong. Pretty much uh, I started by watching the anime, like when it first came out, I think it was a Kids WB is when it was when it first uh, aired. Yeah. Like when four I kids were it on there. Yeah, like that was when four kids was doing it. Uh terribly by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's where it started. I got into it. Yo, I, I always guess. say that the four kids dub of One Piece is basically one piece abridged. Like, that's how bad it is. I like four kids has done a lot of stuff. I think mean, they did Pokemon at, at, as well. Yeah, and, they and, definitely did. Yeah, and it's it's not it's never good. If we if we were beginning to sub back then, that would have been the time to do it. Yeah, like one hundred percent. But uh, like I started I started watching it. Uh, got got interested. I'm like, okay, this, I, I like what is going. I like the trans the whole transformation scene with Yami and Yugi. Yeah, all, all that and stuff with all the characters. And uh, then that's when the uh, card game first came out. And some of my friends that lived in my neighborhood at the time uh, got the cards. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, mom, uh, mom, dad bought me these cards or whatever. So. They end up uh, giving me the cards. We would like play out in the street and anything. Of course, playing bad, like nothing, following no rules. We didn't follow any of the rules at all. Right, just doing what you see in the show, like summoning monsters straight out, no tributing, no anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, like since we didn't play it correctly, whatever, it was just short lived, and just got out of the game. Interesting enough, me getting back into the game didn't happen until college. Uh, one okay. of my, yeah, one of my frat brothers actually uh. Uh, it was just like uh, one of the like semesters getting ready to go into Christmas break. He was like, "Hey, y'all got a confession? I play Yu-Gi-Oh!" Like, still, we're like, like everyone is like, "Oh, wow, that's that's crazy!" Like, we, we all remember playing it back in the day and stuff. So he he brought out the cards and everything. We're like, "No, this is interesting." Interesting. So just to have something for us to do with him and us collectively as a group, we all kind of start picking up playing the cards. He had extra cards that we built decks out of. They were still bad. I think like my first deck. Uh, the first deck that first deck that I played. Yeah. Um, uh, my be- my boss monster was Frostosaurus. Oh God. Let's <laughs> so, go. <laughs> so, so 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 my win condition was get Frostosaurus out and just beat you down. Well, how was the attack of that monster? He's like twenty six or something. Yeah, I think it's, it's the long neck, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a normal monster. So yeah, yeah I remember that, not having an effect and having a extremely <laughs> long neck, like a yeah land before mm-hmm. time looking fucking. For some oh, reason, yeah. I think it's a twenty six fifty. But maybe not. It's 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 around the range. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty big. Like for the monsters back then. Yeah. So of course, not outside of like the broken monsters like that and stuff like that. But for a normal monster, it was, and it was like, I think it was one tribute or two tributes. It's one. I think it's. I want to say it's one. I think it's one. I think it's one. 
So that's pretty cool. So your your frat brother, it was like you said it was like a confession. So it was one of those things where you guys all had to say something about yourself. For the most part, like this, this, yeah. this is after this is after we had, we had been done with everything. We were already in and stuff, so we were just yeah out, out hanging around, hanging okay, out. Okay, yeah. Well, I guess if, if you feel comfortable enough, you're just like fuck it. At this point, we're frat brothers now. Like, yeah. hey, I play Yu Gi Oh, but that's not you know as nowadays like that's just regular. It's like oh whatever. Like you play Yu Gi Oh. got. I'm, I do remember back in the day, man. Like it was I. I told this story before. I got jumped. Because I went to one of my friends that I hadn't seen in a while. I was like, yo, you remember when we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, not even like you play Yu-Gi-Oh now. Like, yo, we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh. He's yeah. like, no, 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 I never did that. I was like, what do you Damn, mean? He straight he's denied like, you. He's like, no, I never did I know. that. And then like two days later, he called me up. He's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You want to hang out? I was like, yeah. I went to go meet him. I went to go meet him. He had like four guys with him. And they jumped me. Damn. Oh, wow. I was like, because I, I said you played Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, come on. <laughs> what is this? Can you yeah, get that, his ass beat for the most random reason? I got jumped for nothing. Yeah, that's oh that is God. wild. That's wild. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at your trauma, but that is. Just... Cool. I was like, it's crazy because I was I was like 16 at the time, and when Damn. we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh, we, I don't know we were like 12, 13, and I hadn't seen him for a couple years. I went back saw him, and then he was just completely different. Like he was all he was doing drugs every he day. To be cool. He was drinking. Yeah. yeah, he was hanging out with a different crowd. He thought he was cool. And so when I was like, hey, man, remember when we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh, like the good old days, he was like, no, no, I never did that. I never did that. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. So how did so that's like you starting Yu-Gi-Oh pretty much like everyone else where you don't really play by the rules. Your deck is kind of trash or whatever. But then yep. at some point you become a competitive player because when I met you, you were already a competitive person and like right. fully trying to win tournaments every time. <laughs> yeah, so, you don't get pictures like these two without, without <laughs> yeah, doing something. Like you're sponsor, you know, you've been through sponsorships and everything. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. at what point did you start to take the game seriously and start to travel for it and stuff like that? So I started so uh not the first time. The second time, well, that was my my frat brother uh, technically got us into the game. That was 2009. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that was okay. just me, a group of friends in college, just playing the game, having a good time. I didn't know anything about the, the Shonen Jumps, no YCSs. I didn't know what a dad was. Card, <laughs> card, card wise, card wise, card wise. But uh, like, I didn't know anything about the meta, like top players or anything. It was just uh, literally like casual as casual. I didn't even go to locals at that point. I think. I didn't start going to locals maybe until about 20 late, maybe late 2010, 2011 when I started uh, trying to be a little competitive, go to locals, but it was still mostly fun. But like when you become a competitive player, if you're not winning, like you're not enjoying the game. Yeah, so that's how get, I felt. It got to a certain point. I got tired of getting my ass beat every, every single week at locals. I'm like, yep. all right, something's got to change. So like it wasn't even just like my friend that played. He had other friends at college, at our college, that actually played as well too. But they were more on the competitive side. I think that's the first time like I saw Black Wings, heroes, and stuff like that. And then right, like real decks, real constructed mm-hmm. decks. Mm-hmm. So like when I started talking to them, they started getting me on the path to being more competitive. My first actual actual deck that one of my friends gave to me was uh, Frog Monarchs. Okay, that, 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 that was that was the first deck that uh was actually <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> I love that monarchs. deck. I and fucking love that. Deck. That deck was very, very fun. I love, and that was when we had Fishboard Blaster was still legal. <laughs> yeah, like that. I love that. Man, Formula Synchro, like that. That was a very, very fun deck. But even when if you have a competitive deck, if you don't know what you're doing, you're still gonna end up losing. Exactly. <laughs> which, which is what happened. I at that local, at that certain local, I didn't end up. I didn't. I don't even think I ever topped that local ever. And like Damn. that local was not even in existence anymore. But 
I never ever top at local. So you had some pretty like decent players there then, if that's the case. At that like that uh, local there was uh pretty decent. Like they had decent people. That's actually where I met Spoofy. That was the first time I had ever met Spoofy. Uh, okay. Kyle Jones. Like that was the first time I had ever met him, but we didn't really get together until later on in the years. Yeah. Like when I started really really wanting to get competitive, that was when I was traveling to Super Games. And okay, Super- and that's Super Games. That's like the Georgia local, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia local, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a Georgia local, a little bit above Atlanta, and everyone that knows about Super Games is that's that's where the players play. Right, there. like Hogan played there. The mm-hmm. Leverett, um, what? Uh, Corey McDuffie is he's mm-hmm. from there? Yeah, uh, Corey uh, used to work there. Okay. Yeah, Corey and he like when I first got there, uh, Corey was mainly doing the vending and stuff, and he was big in the magic at that point. Yeah, like, he, was, he was big in magic. He didn't get into like just to randomly do a Yu Gi Oh tournament until like that year that he ended up winning uh, nationals. Yeah, so just uh, like Kenny on this too. So Corey, um, he's now deceased, so rest in peace to him. But he was Definitely. a Yu Gi Oh national champion, so he won nationals. But he also was on the pro tour, I believe, at some point in Magic the Gathering as well. So he was like a really good Magic player and a really good Yu Gi Oh player Damn. at the same time from Georgia. And uh, or like at least that's where he played that mostly. But there was a period where like every year, basically, Georgia had won nationals. Um, yeah, like Hoban won in 2013. I think Corey won 2014. 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, in 2015, uh, Noah Green won. He's also, I believe, around that area. Or like, And then my mm-hmm. man Blair won in 2016. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I, w- I wish I wish it was on the same level because I definitely wanted to win, uh, especially a national tournament. Like, yeah, oh my God. Win? Oh, I, yeah. I think that's everyone's year. Because then you, yeah, you also go to worlds, but you also want a tournament that's once a year. Like that is just mm-hmm. all the I players like, around the country, not even just US, but Canada. Like, yeah. That's, that's like I, out of everyone, uh, every all the regions that played Yu Gi Oh! have like their national tournament or their national championship or whatever. Yeah. Like the thing, United States, I, I'm, 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 I'm about to tell a lie because I'm about to say United States has the largest. Uh, no, well, at least. I, I mean, think, I think we actually do have the largest yeah. number. Like, because, of, because of population alone, like the U.S. has so many people in it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. what I wanted to say, uh, Blair, where are you actually from? Uh, I'm so there's different ways to put this. I was like born wise. I was born in uh, Michigan. Like that's okay. that's where I'm from. But right. I've lived I've lived majority of my life in Georgia. I lived in a, okay. a town called Jonesboro, Georgia, which is in the metro Atlanta area is like outside of Atlanta. Okay. And, and then currently now I live in Warner Robins, which is an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Okay. And, and my college uh, was pretty much in the same area, Fort Valley. Like no one, no one's gonna know where that is. A couple of people, but uh, like saying when I used to go to Supers, I would get out of class in college, uh, round up my friends in the car, and uh, we would drive to Supers. And every time, of course, we go through Atlanta, so it's like five six o'clock. So we're hitting Atlanta traffic, which is terrible. If you've ever been in any kind of traffic, <laughs> Atlanta traffic is horrible it i is can terrible. imagine it's like new york traffic <laughs> uh, all right all right maybe it's probably a little less than new york but it but it is bad i've it, been in atlanta tra- traffic a couple times and like you said it is god awful i put it up there it's like la new york and atlanta are all really yeah. really bad mm-hmm. i've never been to atlanta but I, i've been to la and new york and i yeah, yeah. i imagine atlanta is pretty similar yeah it's, it's similar similar but like going uh, from college to super games was a two-hour commute like two hours there yeah, and then we, like we get back late at night, like the terms went into like maybe eleven, twelve o'clock because we start at seven, four or five rounds, top cut, and then we go. Of course, we go out, get something to eat, and then yep. we be on, we be on the way back. Uh, on the way back is 
Like we cut that time about like 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I love locals, man. It all, everyone does the same thing. You go to locals, you, you're friends with the people at your local, hopefully. And then you guys, after the tournament, you all go out somewhere to eat and like just talk a bunch of shit, have a great time, cause a scene. And then you all go home. And it's like the best feeling ever. Those Sunday nights, or at least it used to be Sunday for me when uh, when that was like the end of the week. That was my most competitive local because we had locals multiple times during the week. But Sunday was like the main one at AU2. Mm-hmm. And so many good players would play there. We had iPad tournaments and like PlayStation tournaments, Wii tournaments, whatever those systems were back then. But yeah, after when those you said events, Wii tournaments, it took me half a second. So I thought you said weed tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, excuse me? No. I, I, was, I was around back then. I do not recall. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even I don't think it was legal back then. It was oh, not yeah. legalized. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so you go from like playing like everyone else based on the show, and then at some point you get a Frog Monarch deck. But I'm still trying to figure out at what point does Blair start the top events? Like, where does where do you start to what? what what do you start to do to get better to the point where you're able to compete at a really high level? Because you're one of the most decorated players in the game. You have a lot of tops, from what I understand. And right, right. Yeah, I think you, you even won an ARG, right? Uh, I won two. Holy mm. shit. Tell them. Put them up. So look at that. <laughs> like, uh, so I, I, I know what the episode uh, with, that I did with Ed, that Ed had his uh, pulled up. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ed had a whole list. Ed read off a list. He did. Yeah, um, I, I, I have my list to the side as well. Okay, too. all right. Well, can, can, we, can, we get, can we get our boy Blair Hunter to read off his list? I, I, just oh, wanna, I always want to give people their flowers while they're here. We know we want to celebrate you as our guest. So, right. All right. Uh, so, because so, 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 you are a very respectable player. And I'm going to have my mm-hmm. fingers ready. I'm counting. <laughs> all right. All right. So, all right, so I won't say the number. Uh, so, we're going to go. Uh, the first one is ARG, uh, the 15K uh, in 2014 with Hat. Okay. Uh, that's top 32. Uh, YCS Charleston, uh, 2015, top 32 with Satella Knights. Okay. Uh, ARG Orlando, 2016, is the one that I won uh, with Perform Age Magicians, which is Pendulum Deck. Mm-hmm. And that's like right that's right before Bosch. Like that's when uh, Scroker Bad Joker that just came out. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that was like the very, very watered down uh, Pendulum Deck. Still good. It was still good at the time. Uh, ARG Pittsburgh, uh, 2016, top eight uh, with Cosmos. Uh, ARG Charlotte 2016 top eight with Fire King Cosmos. ARG, I got oh, I need glasses now. ARG St. Louis 2016 top 16 uh, Fire King Cosmos. ARG Orlando 2016 top 16 Fire King Damn. Cosmos. ARG, the ARG Invitational in 2016 top 16 Fire King Cosmos. Uh, YCS Toronto 2016 top 16 Fire King Cosmos. ARG OKC 2016 Fire King Cosmos. Uh, ARG Charlotte 2016 is the one I won. Uh, second one I won with uh, ABC. Uh, ARG St. Louis 2017 top 16 uh, with Zodiac. ARG Knoxville uh, 2017 top four with Zodiac. Uh, YCS Toronto 2017 fourth place with Zodiac. Uh, ARG Charlotte 2018 top 16 top 16 Magicians. Uh YCS Pasadena 2018 top 16 with Dino Thunder. Uh, that's a uh, like the dinosaur deck and then uh, Thunder Dragons. That deck was mm-hmm. very, very fun. That deck was fun. Oh my god, I know Thunder. I've never actually heard of that one. Oh, uh, like that deck. I was like in that uh top cut, I was the only person in top cut uh playing that deck. That deck was Ooh. very, very fun. The reason I played that deck, of course, uh, we talked, y'all were talking about earlier. Thunder Dragon Colossus was pretty much like he just he had, he had his neck on, he had his uh foot on everybody's neck. Yeah, that card you, you, <laughs> you can't search your deck at all. Yeah, so the biggest deck that a lot of people were playing, a lot of the top players were playing at the time was the. And I know it's on the top um, to my tongue. It was, was the da- the danger OTK. Yes. Uh, the, I mean, where they do a uh, slash draw. 
So the biggest thing was, and then the deck searches a lot. So I would pretty much put up uh, Thunder Dragon Colossus. I'll put up Ultimate Conductor Tyranno. I'm making Abyss Dweller, have hand traps and infinite impermanence and stuff like that. So like they, they would they would go through all the dangers, put all the dangers on the boards. Uh, Phantom Sky Blaster makes our huge and stuff. So if I went first, they can't search. Right. And then second of all, they put all their monsters on the board out of Ultimate Conductor Tyranno. And put them all face down. Mm-hmm. Right. And they can't. And at that time, that's when Link Summoner was out. And you can't link with face down monsters right. at, at the time. So pretty much their board was stuck. Uh, they can't do anything else. They can't search. They can't do anything. And then I just kill all the monsters and just kill them the next turn. Yeah, that deck was that deck was very fun. That deck was yeah, very, very fun. You said, you said something you interesting. Won that one? You said what? That's, no, the one, so, that's one of the ones you won. No, that was Aaron. No, no. That was a YCS that he topped. Okay. Well, what I was going to say was, you said something about back then you couldn't link with face down monsters. Has that changed? Uh, there, I think there's one archetype. Is a, is a, is a bad archetype. It's called like crawlers. Uh, if I'm, and like they put, if I'm wrong, they're going to butcher me anyway. But I think that archetype you can link with face down monsters. okay so there's like a specific theme of cards where they mm-hmm. say one face down monster or some yeah. shit like that and, and then there's there's also a generic link one that you can use uh face down monsters to okay yeah to that's wild with. so that's actually because i was about to say i thought that all link summoning had to be face up but if they're trying to make it more like contact fusion where you can set things and then start linking that's going to be annoying mm-hmm. and it's funny that you say contact fusion because <laughs> that's, that's what is where the next uh couple come from as well uh with contact so I think the last one, the last one to say was YCS Pasadena 2018 with Dino Thunder top 16. Yep. Uh, YCS Niagara Falls 2019 top 32 with Cyber Dragon Orchest. Uh, YCS mm-hmm. Fort Worth 2019 top 32 Cyber Dragon Orchest. YCS Pasadena 2019 th- that was weekend of our birthday uh, yep. with top 32 Cyber Dragon Orchest. And then the PP the Pro Play Games the PPT Invitational in Orlando top 16 with Cyber Dragon Orchest. Holy shit! So wait, was that all of it? Yeah, that's all of them. Oh, that's an even 20. And it's the 20th episode. That's, even <laughs> oh, that's crazy. 20. Look at how it lines up. Ed was talking about how he hates the number 17. Mm-hmm. He was the 17th episode. And Blair loves 20 because he has 20 tops. <laughs> One a, ton of, a ton of ARG, Konami, and even some PPG in there. So Blair mm-hmm. has topped everything that you can pretty much top in this game. He's I was going to say... Well. Uh, most of those were ARGs, and if yeah. I remember, ARG was the one with real prize pools. Yeah, well, yeah ARG yeah. had a really good prize pool, and arguably the better players did go to ARGs because in order to compete at like something that wasn't official, you have to take the game extremely seriously to even want to go to something like that, right? Like, right. it's not a sanctioned event or whatever. But people like the best of the best players definitely went to ARGs, which is you know sometimes yeah. you. You just have a bracket of ten people. It's like holy shit! Like I know every single person I play today. Like rarely do I mm-hmm. actually play randoms at ARGs or like people who I just don't know at all. Um, you know, I I go to the event and be like, I know literally a hundred of the people in this room, <laughs> and there's only you know they were small, so they were like two hundred and fifty people or something. Like I know over a hundred of the people, maybe even more than that, honestly. Man. And uh, yeah, those tournaments were pretty difficult. They uh, were yeah. they were very 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 hard. Like there were has a great amount of both. <laughs> Konami and ARG tops, yeah, so. a, a lot more uh, ARGs. Like the very beginning, like when I first started topping, yeah, it, it was primarily ARGs. I had like a couple YCSs that were peppered in there, yeah. But then, it, like this last stretch, like 2018, 2019, was when it started picking up uh, with uh, YCS tops, which I was very happy with. Yes, yeah, and I like that you have those two ARG wins. ARG wins, they were paying out like fifteen hundred for first place, which is a good mm-hmm. amount of money. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, that's damn. Um, what's your so your first top was at ARG, but what deck was it? Uh, it was a hat deck, the, the hat deck, uh, hand artifact trap tricks. 
what made you want to play that? Because I'm also a person who taught with I taught with was it fat? So I taught nationals with fat, which is the fire fist artifact trap tricks, mm-hmm. and then I taught the ARG. The whatever one I think Sahabi one. Yeah, that, um, that was a, that was a fifteen k. And I, I've taught with Cat with that one. I, think. I was about to so say I'm, I'm mad. There's a Dex Fat Hat Cat. Like, yep. <laughs> rat. Like, y'all were, y'all were playing Doctor Seuss. <laughs> was there a rat? There was a rat deck too. <laughs> so someone probably tried it. I, I don't know okay. what their I don't know what their R would be, but I'm pretty sure they tried it. Probably raccoons. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, you. So your first one was um was Hat, mm-hmm. and I personally love that deck. But what made you actually want to play that? So I like so that year, like what was that? That was twenty fourth. That was that twenty fourteen year. Mm-hmm. So that year was the first year that I actually played in the Konami uh, Nationals. That, that that was that was the first the World Championship uh, yep. World Championship qualifier. That was the first one uh, that I actually played in. The ones that I played in, well, the, the first one I went to previously in twenty thirteen, I actually didn't play. I ended up being on the judge staff for the one for twenty thirteen. That oh, holy one. I forgot that you were a judge at one point. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot about Blair in a judge uniform. <laughs> that was definitely a thing. Cool. Let, yeah. me, let me slide in. Do you have a story or an experience of like one of the most annoying kind of somebody you had to deal with who asked you for a ruling, you tell them the ruling, and they're like, nah. Like, have you ever had some shit like that happen? All, all the time, all the time. <laughs> so, yes. like, just just uh, to touch on it briefly, like, if it permits, we'll probably touch on it a little bit uh, later on in the episode, but... Um, I did judge a good bit of uh, YCSs, like the YCSs. I did uh, the World Championship Qualifier in 2013. Uh, later on in the years, before I uh, solely started just playing, uh, when I just quit judging and started playing, uh, I actually started uh, start head judging all the regionals in Georgia. Mm. So I, I was I was a head judge for Georgia oh, wow. for, for a good bit of time, like like a year or two. And like and this happened multiple times. I, I, every time where like someone would stop me and I'm like walking around. I'm walking around and then they're like, hey, I got this ruling. And I'm like, uh, first of all, you don't want me to answer this. And, but, <laughs> and, and they're like, no, you're like, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And then they'll tell me the ruling is something really, really stupid or really scared. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Uh, it doesn't, it works like this, whatever. And like, nah, man, I don't believe you. Uh, can I appeal? And I'm like, who are you going to appeal to? <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm, 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 I'm literally, I told y'all you didn't want, y'all didn't want to get the answer from me first. And because, like, primarily as a head judge, you don't take the first, you don't take the first call because in that right. scenario, there's no if, feel if at they, that point. Yeah, not if they feel like they feel defeated at that point, like, yeah, more well, more so anyway. Because like, there's no, there's no one they can talk. Can I talk to the TO? You don't know, you don't know anything. Yeah, the TO, <laughs> no, the TO don't know nothing. <laughs> the TO is here to host this tournament, and that is it. I am the highest up the chain you can go as far as Konami. That's mm-hmm. it. And I get, feel okay. I turn around, turn back around. What's your question? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 gave, I gave him, for, I, I gave him a chance. I'm like. You, you do not. You, you don't want me to answer this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. I do know mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, bug the head judge before events start because there's always a chance that the head judge will give a ruling for a tournament that may not necessarily be the correct ruling, but because mm-hmm. the head judge says so for that weekend, it just flies. An example of this has been tour guide getting Sangan overlay detached Sangan at oh, yeah. Indianapolis 2011. That was a rule. Uh, there was a Toronto YCS or some YCS where Dante so chain disappearance would banish Dante and then go in the extra deck and banish the other copies of Dante. Oh yeah, oh, I, remember, a, I, remember, I remember that tournament. I remember that. That was a crazy ruling. Um, 
yeah, there's just been a couple of rulings that head judges have made in the years where it can completely shake up the the meta. And the, the Friday before the event, people ask the head judge, and then people start spreading rumors. Oh, my God, did you hear how they're ruling Magician Shark this weekend? Did you hear how, how they're ruling, like, everything? People will just make up stuff, and you hear all this buzz in the hotels about, oh, my God, this card's crazy now. Like, it's ridiculous. People were looking for change disappearance. People were charging $30 for rare copies of chain disappearance because they're like oh it banishes all the dantes and ba was like one of the best decks and not the best deck at the time oh yeah so that was a thing but Arguably. yeah so yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i've never been a head judge but i have judged for many years uh i think starting in like 20 2009 or 2010 i started judging regionals i never judged a ycs because i always said to myself i'm more i'm so competitive that i'd rather play every single time right and uh so I never judged a YCS, but I was pressured to for a while by some of the overhead judges in my area and the head judges that would come to Philly. Um, but I never did it. But I, I enjoy judging Philly regionals like a lot. Like that was one of my I mean, I've done it for like 10 years, I want to say. And I enjoy that a great deal, even though some of the questions are crazy and you're on your feet a long ass time. Oh, and yeah. I always like to wear nice shoes and nice shoes feel <laughs> awful. <laughs> but I oh, still yeah, like do. watching multiple games. I would have slid in there with Healy's on. <laughs> I think I know one watch it's like someone was in there like with Healy's just like literally just skating around like the whole like the whole That's thing. I'm like, man, that could be me. Yeah, that could be me. <laughs> that could be me. <laughs> that could be me. <laughs> Julia didn't say anything. She allowed it. She yeah. was cool with that. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's but, pretty dope. Yeah, but I think we, we you say we were talking about uh, what got me to play hat for the first. Yeah, one. what got you to yeah. play hat? All right, so so at that World uh, Championship qualifier, so. The finals of that was Corey, of course, the late Corey McDuffie. Yep. And then uh Dion Ackridge. So at so at the time, uh Dion actually uh stayed in my area when I was in college. So I saw him a lot at the first locals and then uh, he he would start riding with me to super games. So like a lot of my stuff, like with, with deck building and everything, I go like me and him would talk about certain stuff. Right. Like not necessarily in depth for like certain things, but like other formats and stuff we talk more in depth about like what we would play. So going into that uh or championship qualifier, I actually had a couple of decks that I wanted to play out. I wasn't sold on a deck yet. I think my I think my options I was looking at was either Gear Gear, Hat, the hat was like on the low end at that point. And then uh Sylvans was one. I think that was like the main ones that I was looking at. It was either gonna be Gear Gear Sylvans. It was gonna be either be Gear Gear Sylvans and I ended up going with Sylvans. And then I, I did decent. I started, like my first one, I lost my first round. Like I lost for like a much of WCQ starting off. I lost my first round every time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but, every time. <laughs> But uh, I ended up I ended up losing like uh, round eight of day one, which put me out of contention. But Dion uh, and Dion Dion's start was terrible. He like he lost the first one and drew the second round, Oof. and then made it all the way to the finals. And then damn, he must have won out. He you know, yeah, he definitely won out. Like a lot of a lot of the games, like like luck was on his side. Like everyone says, I'm mm. rather be lucky than good, but like luck was on his side. Mm. I remember watching his top eight match versus Tamid. And when I say that was the wildest match you ever saw, that was and, the one with the starters in the D prison, right? Yes, yes, it, it was like that match was so crazy. But I'm like, so oh my to God. mid, I think he attacked with Stardust Dragon into a D prison or something, mm-hmm. and then that basically caused him to lose the entire thing and not go to Worlds out. Right. And I remember hearing. I remember hearing the story out. The details are a little fuzzy, but I do remember something about a Stardust and a D prison. If to mid just doesn't attack with Stardust, he pretty much wins the game, guaranteed. Right. Mm-hmm. But he, he just didn't respect it. But then, uh. Dion ended up getting sick, and I was talking with Dion. Uh, I was gonna I already had plans to go to the the ARG of 15k, but Dion was gonna go, so I was like, "Hey, uh, let me use your deck." And then he was like, "Yeah, sure, here you go." So he literally gave me the deck, and then uh, like we tweaked a couple things in the like with the list, pretty much to get it ready for uh, that tournament. And that's how I ended up playing. It. And then like you know he just 
he, he had just won uh, the giant hand. So he actually he put that in deck. He was like, you can use the giant hand too. I'm like, oh, wow. Damn. And yeah. you had the, the, oh. full, the full hat deck, the prize card. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, giant hand actually mattered back then. I forgot about that. It did. Yeah. I guess those gear gears and, and fire fist bears. Somebody tries to activate bear effect <laughs> to pop. And you're just like, uh, detach to like negate. Yeah. And it was like for like for that time period, it was actually pretty big. Like for the most majority of those decks, they couldn't get over it. Really. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, so that was your first one. What's your most memorable top or like your I guess like your favorite in a way? Yeah. Like one of your favorite events or format or deck or something right. like that. Okay, so I, I have so all of them are different. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll start with the favorite event. So the favorite event mm-hmm. is gonna be the one that uh that I won the first one, which was in 2016 with the Pendulum Magicians. Mm-hmm. So it's memorable to me because that's my third top, but me winning my first event in only three tops, like, yeah, it, it showed like how much I came up. Yeah, like, that's, uh, that's as, a, as a player. Yeah, because honestly, like, I, I didn't get really good into the game. Like, I, I started getting competitive. I didn't really get good in the game, like, understanding stuff yeah. and how the game works. First of all, was when I started judging, because once, like, once you learn mechanics, like, wording and stuff how yeah. to play around certain things like you read a card does say if does say when not necessarily more of when now because yeah. everything says if now yeah the game is super streamlined as far as that goes but the cards yeah. have so much text now but we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a little bit go ahead yeah so i learned like pretty much learned all the rulings and stuff that got me a lot better quicker and back when i was learning i used to read i used to you go on like Wikipedia and just read cards mm-hmm. so I, I was reading cards so like my knowledge of cards started getting a lot better and, but the deck that got me like playing better, like soundly, more soundly, more correct, was the Dragon Ruler deck. Mm. Like, 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 like full power dragons. That, that that's when I uh, first started getting like really good. Okay, like, so twenty thirteen that time. Mm-hmm. Like actually, like that. I was still judging at the time, but my first regional top, and that was I think that was third place. That was with Dragon Rulers. Full but, power. Mm-hmm. Full power. It was the yeah. last weekend before they got hit the first time. Okay. Yeah, but, killed the babies. <laughs> I literally the first hoorah with, with, with uh, the last hoorah with the deck before mm-hmm. it got hit. But that was my first uh, regional top. That deck was uh, that deck was hard to play. Mm-hmm. A lot of people played it wrong. Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent. Like it, it's like as for as powerful as it was, you can you can mess it up. You just, like literally put like yeah, we were talking about the uh, y'all talking about the colors and like another, another episode. You play the color, you play the wrong color first. Mm-hmm. You, you lose the max. You like you lose the max C, or like you can just stop. But if you like say you put uh. Title or Tempest, yeah, title or Tempest yeah. on the field first, then you lose a Crimson Blade. I have never in my life summoned Title or Tempest first. As my first <laughs> that, that is how strict I am. I will literally pass my turn and say go. Mm-hmm. I, every, I, will, every time. I will not. You will never ever see me go summon Tempest, summon Title as like my first summon. That just never happened. I won't do anything else. And then that, and that was a big thing in the day. Like if you couldn't play around a certain card, that you know you lost. Yeah, like you literally, like you literally lost. Like yeah, if, and if, if you weird. can't play. If you can't play around it, then you just don't play. You like, yeah, you people kill can't deal with that concept of like, don't do anything. So, um, I've actually played against so many people. I topped that nationals that Hoban won. We pretty much had the same deck too, because I was playing double emptiness in my main deck. Right. And I, I can't tell you the, num- the number of people who just turn one, they're like, banish two, summon, and it's like title. And I'm like, maxi. <laughs> so, at this point, you have to synchro into something. You cannot leave a title there. You cannot one-for-one one trade me because <laughs> in that format, Crimson Bleeder is just game. Like if I Crimson Bleeder you, you are going to die. So I'm like, okay, I draw one. Now I'm looking at them. And then, you know, some people would actually pass, which is wild. 
and then some people would synchro and give me another card and then like okay now we like at, le- at the very least at least you realize you have to clear your own tempest or title when you do that right but the people who would like um just pass and then they think that because they have a maxi that it's going to stop me so then i go summon a summon a dragon and they go maxi and i'm like that's fine Summon a tuner, synchro, make crystal, you draw another card, attack your guy, you fucking lose. Like, I don't care that you do two cards, like, you're dead. And they, like, draw, pass, and I'm like, summon a bunch of dragons, kill you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just game. But that has happened so many times throughout the however many months that deck was legal. And I was I don't know why people start off summoning Tempest and Title, but it's just such a small, a tiny, tiny little thing that changes everything about mm-hmm. being a good player, a great player in that format. Oh yeah, definitely. And so that deck is what helped make you. You say that's that's the deck that helped make you like key in to how to play. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like during that format, that's when I started understanding everything. Understanding like, hey, like just how we're talking about like, so don't something like if if you can't summon uh, either Blaster or Redox first, yep. don't like don't play like, yeah, like don't play into dying because like yeah. it, is, it is actually <laughs> game because it, it instead of me like just trying to play so I don't die, like it, it gave me the option like, hey. If I do this, I lose. Yeah. If I like, if I don't do this, I don't lose to this card. When I, which I know that it's a big thing in this format. Majority of everybody was playing. Yeah. Dragon, dragon yep. rulers and stuff. Unless, unless I knew that it, they weren't playing. Like it wasn't a mirror match. It was like uh, spell books or something. Else yeah, like that. they're playing fucking. What's that? That called uh, evil swarms. The, evil swarm. That's the exact one I was thinking of. Yeah, evil swarm. Mm. I'll summon all my shit turn one against that deck. <laughs> I'll fucking That's, summon everything. Yeah, you, you have to like they make. Yeah. They go first to make Ophion and then set a pandemic. It's, it's literally over. Yeah, you can't do anything. I hated that deck. I hated yeah. all of those kind of like trashy suicide bomb decks that are just anti-meta as hell. Even mm-hmm. though like I, I have my anti-meta moments, but whenever there's a clear, concise best deck, I just play that usually. I'm like, nope. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like that. I was like that for a good like the early years. Like when I started getting good, I was, I was like that for the first for like the first couple of years. Then I kind of uh, shifted away for that. Like so you used to on. be kind of like an anti person. No, 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 no. I'm talking like with, like with the meta, like oh. play the best. Like, deck. like with the meta, like I, I like I was like oh, I got to play the best deck. Yeah, I was in that super games mentality because I hung around the levers, I hung around Hoban, I hung around yeah. Desmond. Well, Desmond later on because you know Desmond was on the Karakuri kick for a good. Yes, minute. he was Karakuri kick <laughs> at first, and then he went on to top the most ARGs out of anyone in history. Mm-hmm. I feel like. No, but like I, I was definitely into that the meta mind frame, but then yeah, like as I got older later in the years, like playing meta is fine. Also, if it's a, like you enjoy that said deck and it's the best deck, then yes, then then, it, then it's great. If you have a connect, because sometimes it's hard to play the meta if you don't feel it. Like, like I don't know if I would ever be a tribegree player, for example. Right, I'm, I'm I'm definitely not. I'm I'm definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't see myself playing that. Like, if I were playing right now, I know a lot of people do consider that to be the best deck or like top two, maybe not two. But I personally just have a hard time wrapping my mind around that being the best deck even if it actually is i don't know if i would personally be the i don't know if i'll personally play it. i don't i'm not saying i would be a dry tron player either but i don't i don't know if i would play tri brigade i got i've, I've dabbled around with that deck a little bit it is powerful it's good but like the play style that it like that like its play style is really not like what i like honestly like I, i'm i'm in and out of the format right now i really have yeah. the time to play uh like i used to but i honestly i honestly like the dry tron deck it's very broken i mean it's so when i first started to try to understand Yu-Gi-Oh now and this is I'm, I'm probably at least two or three months in now and it was the first deck that i started to learn coming back because all of the people who i messaged were like drytron is crazy it's the best deck mm-hmm. it does so much high ceiling rah 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 that whole bit 
and I watched some combo videos and I was like, holy shit, that does look insane. Like you ending on Harold the Perf Perfection or Ultimateness or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. it's called. And then you have all these cards in your hand and you might have Dragoon as well. I was like, that does seem like the best deck. And then I started to watch it actually play against other people. And sometimes when we get stopped, I'm like, ugh, I don't really like the way this looks. And then I started to notice that every single deck in current Yu-Gi-Oh, when it goes first and does what it wants, it just fucking ends the game regardless. So what seemed special to me about Dry Trial when I first was watching, I didn't know anything. I realized that every deck does something like that turn one. <laughs> like I watched a dinosaur deck, turn one, Naturia Beast, Omega, Lagia, uh, Ultimate Conductor Tyranno, and that other dinosaur that's like 2700 and negates a Speller Trap. Oh, uh, Gladless. Yep, I'm seeing fields like that. Then with Shadals, I'm seeing turn one window with a Schism set so they can go into window again, Macaba or Dragoon. And then you got the prank kids deck. I'm seeing totally awesome where like a couple other prank kid fusion or exceeds monsters are in the field. Not exceeds fusion or link monsters on the field with a bunch of cards in hand, usually hand traps. And then if you don't clear it, they kill you next turn. Right. Uh, Tribe gate, same thing. Turn one, crazy setup. Added Nister, same thing. Towers turn one, crazy setup. I mean, like every single deck that I watched. When they would go first, they would just do the most, except Sky Striker. I always shit on that deck. Oh my god. That is the only deck that when it goes first, I'm just like, oh, okay, like that's not <laughs> that's not real. But every other deck, I'm nervous as hell when they go first because you don't know what's gonna happen. Right, right. And it doesn't There's take a time much. in Yu-Gi-Oh when you had to tribute two monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's not We're a so thing. far past that now. Like, oh yeah. The game has just gotten so ridiculously crazy. And Ooh. So I was trying to decipher what is the best deck. And that question is so hard for people to answer for a lot of reasons. And maybe the question shouldn't be easily answerable. But I don't know if I like the idea of playing 15 hand traps and 25 other cards in my deck and flying out somewhere, booking a hotel, and then telling myself that, like, I'm about to go win this tournament. Like, that just seems <laughs> crazy to me. Right. But, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on, like, current Yu-Gi-Oh? You, you pretty much don't know. That's what it is. Like, it's build a board. Like, it's, like literally every deck is build a board. Yeah. If, if you can't build a board, then you're you're pretty you about nine times out of ten gonna lose. Yep. If you're playing if you're playing a deck that doesn't build a board, like control, not not Sky Striker, because Sky Striker's ass. It's ball yeah. ass. Like the Eldritch deck or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like anything that's like heavy traps and stuff. Of course, like Solemn Judgments at three. Yeah. You do Dark Bribe or whatever um, stuff like that, but. You know, like there's so many cards that deal with that. Like you have evenly matched, uh, lightning storm, hep, uh, not heavy storm, but a uh, duster. Yeah, you have worse. Uh, have Harvest Time Duster, mm -hmm. Twin Twister, Red Reboot, Denko mm -hmm. Seca. I've seen it all. I've actually seen all of these things happen too. Mm -hmm. Like even like for that deck, it's so many answers. Like it could be a combo deck, and then they just switch to that. If I'm oh I'm playing against a back row deck, like I put it put in my back row hate, and then I draw it. And then yeah, you just. It, destroy and it doesn't take many cards for any deck to go off right now either which is scary mm -hmm. like i'm saying this in our maxi video but like most decks take one or two cards to do their entire combo mm -hmm. yeah. it's scary it's scary it like is. in those years like even like starting in 09 till now 2021 like how drastic the change has been in the game is just yes just crazy and, it's, and it happened fast it did it really did because at one point like 09 for example uh one of the best decks was the rescue cat deck that you know you set spy turn one and or you had summoner if you had summoner monk you just do your combo right. but normally you'd be like set spy 
then they do whatever. And on your turn, you can flip spy, get another spy, summon rescue cat, and you get X Saber Aerobellum and like something else. And you start synchro summoning for Arcanite Magician or Black Rose Dragon or whatever, Dark Strike Fighter. Ooh. And that was crazy. Like, that was, like, that was like, oh my God. <laughs> he just made two level seven synchros off of like nothing, basically. Like, that was just a nut. And then speed up to 2013 with dragon rulers and i thought that, that was the i thought that i don't i don't know if i thought you get would ever get crazier than dragon rulers like when it happened <laughs> the power of playing super rejuvenation on the end phase like and getting a new hand mm-hmm. and having so many cards that you had to discard and then on the other side of the table the fucking spellbook deck also on turn one gets so many cards that it has to discard on the end phase I, I was like, this is as crazy as it's ever going to get. Yu-Gi-Oh! will never be this crazy again. <laughs> After these cards are gone, it'll simmer down. And it did. Cat and Girgia and Water and Firefist are all like that next phase after 2013. Mm-hmm. But out of nowhere, Yu-Gi-Oh! just got so crazy in 2017 with uh, Spiral. I think that's, and that's when I quit. Mm-hmm. It's like around 2017. Zoo had just finished its whole Fusion Substitute nonsense. The game was out of control with Zoo for a while. But Zoo was a bit more bearable i would say and when spirals happened the link mechanic you know that was that whole thing mm-hmm. uh it was just a lot like i just would see the turn one boards that spiral would build consistently and the, all the hand traps you had to play to not let them board the firewall play and all that stuff and i was like i don't i don't really want to do this like, i was also <laughs> taking my career more seriously and stuff so i just kind of got out of it but uh I know a lot of people played through all of that. Did you play through the spiral format? I did play a uh, spiral format. I think I played. Was it the first? I think uh, YCS Dallas or Fort Worth. I think YCS Fort Worth. Fort Worth was the first. Okay. Well, YCS with full power spiral, like with a uh, double helix coming out, and then uh, cherries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when the cherries come out, because that was a big thing. The mirror match, you cherries the the helix, and then like their play is like pretty much done. Like, they have to do some other stuff, but like yeah, that was but it was really stuff. bad after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Char- mm-hmm. Charis was out for uh, BA mirror matches too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I definitely played that one, and it when it like I can say that at tournament when I didn't play a mirror match, I pretty much was good and I had a good time. The only deck that I hated during that format, like that just came out, was a uh, Trickstar. Right. I, like, I think that was when Trickstar first uh, became a, like not it became a thing, but that's when it was first starting to get played. And yeah, they were doing the uh, Joel Lockberg reincarnation. Yep, just kill you. You don't get to play the game. Mm-hmm. And then even yeah. like, even even if you weren't playing like if you were playing at the deck like Droll was, um, the like Droll was one of the like good hand like good hand traps for that uh, for that event. Yeah, that uh, spiral search so much. I learned about Trickstar through one of the Yu Gi Oh games. It's like the one that came out on the Switch, and I was just playing it, going through the story. I made like a shitty Gravekeeper deck to go through the story because <laughs> all the Gravekeepers were in uh, Grandpa Grandpa Yugi's um, pack. So they were easy to get. Anyway, I got up to fight some bitch with Trick Stars. And this is the computer. And she set a board up on me. I was like, I can't do anything. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Yep. Like, I'm just sitting here watching these Trick Stars go off. I'm like, yo, her turn's been going on for five minutes. She's a computer. Like, what is happening? So Yeah, Trick Star is wild. And <laughs> I don't like decks that naturally just burn. I think mm-hmm. that is such a toxic mechanic, especially with the way the time rules work. 200. 200. Yep. Every time you draw a card, 200. Every time you play a spell, 200. Then if yep. they get another, they get the field spell, so another 200. It's like, all right. So, the, like, the thing I hated the most, like, because I think Trickstar is up there with, like, one of the decks that, like, I just, like, if you're a Trickstar player, like, I'm pretty sure I hate you. Like, like it, 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 it's, it's that kind of deck. Because no matter what, like, if you're playing in real life, playing on Dueling Book at the time before when Trickstars came out, 
anytime you do any of this stuff, and at this point we're competent, we know what we know what your card does. Yeah, like we know what your card does. So I draw. They're like, you take two hundred, or like I, I do. I do an action. I draw. You, you take two hundred, or yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing on dueling booking two hundred. <laughs> like, 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 like every time, like I'm like, y'all, shut up, please. Like, I, please. I, know, I, I know I what I know what your car does. I'm do I'm doing automatic. I'm already doing. It. I do it before. I'm, I I do the whatever I'm doing. You don't have to remind yeah. me every single time. You do your math. You do it way before they have to remind you every single time. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I'll do I'll do it all because I know how many times I'm gonna search or whatever. Them, I'm just gonna kill you. To them, that 200 <laughs> is one less card you can play. It's one less draw you can do. So mm-hmm. they're trying to make sure they count every single one. I get it from their perspective, but it is super annoying that every little interaction costs 200 life points to do. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to keep on typing in the calculator and you have to keep comparing life over and over. It seems really annoying. Oh, yeah. Um, but I never respected Trickstar, really. I know there was a period where people were playing Trickstar, Sky Striker, I think. Mm-hmm. And people were splashing the Trickstar engine and all types of shit. And I was like, that looks cool because you get your engage pretty easily after playing like terraforming and light stage and all that. But I still just was not a fan of the idea of burning people um, in that kind of way, like as one of your main strategies. I'm sure that that did a lot more, but I just, I wasn't a fan. Uh, Draw reincarnation and burn. That was, that was literally it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're, Life stage is a crazy ass card though. All right. I think, I think, actually, I think there was one other interaction. There, there is an FTK, uh, well, not FTK, but an OTK with a uh, Lily Bell and Firewall. Like, like back before Firewall got errata, like uh, yes. pretty much you set up, you set it up where, uh, you keep taking a lily bell out of your zone and the firewall keeps specialing it. So like you pretty much keep specialing your lily bell and then you just attack directly for 800. Well, mm. 800, 800, then minus 200 as well because they're going to remind you every time. Yeah. Because they're going to remind you. <laughs> every like, time you like, do like, something. Yeah, like loop it back, special summon it 800. Oh, take 200, by the way. Uh, bounce bounce it again, special it. 800, you take 200. Like it's... <laughs> like that, like that, was, that, was, that was one of the win conditions that they did have. Like the firewall, OTK... Which is why Firewall got banned. Yeah, Firewall and, got banned for so many reasons. Too. Yeah, that card is. It would be crazy right now. Like it wouldn't even. Mm. It's not even like they power. I don't think Firewall has gotten power corrupted by any other card since he's like his release. He's still one of the absolutely best link monsters in all of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. And, hands uh, down. Hands down. So. What are your thoughts on the controversy going on right now with Maxi? So a lot of people are talking about Maxi because Crossout Designator is finally confirmed to be coming out in the TCG, and it's been available in the OCG for a while. It's basically called by the grave on crack. And a lot of people are begging for Maxi to come out just the way it is in the OCG. They pretty much want the same format. Uh, right. What are your thoughts on Maxi? Like, how do you feel about that card in the past and uh, even now? Like, what do you think? So like I like like course in the past I played in multiple formats where Maxi was a thing like what like was like it was in everybody's deck for the most part. Yep. And even at that even at that point in time I was fine with it. Like even like, even though like at that time I played majority of decks that technically lost to Maxi and like it didn't matter if they had Maxi nah and they had Maxi depending on the situation I was really mad they had Maxi but like majority of the time I either play around it. Or set up your board to where like you don't die or anything like that, yeah. or like they just can't capitalize fully, or like I just stop and then like they're playing a deck of special summons. I have my maxi. Yeah, yeah. Like so go back like, and forth. And like I think the main decks back then where it mattered if they had maxi, and like if you wanted to extend that were decks that they they kill you the next turn. Yeah. Like like certain like you're playing certain decks. Okay, I I know the match. Like this game two or game three, you're playing a certain deck. I'll let, I'll let you draw a couple cards and make a decent amount, decent size board. But I know, like even with a couple more cards, you're not killing me. So I still have another chance to still, yeah, like like take back the game thing. 
right now, like with all the Bitterboard decks and stuff, and OC- OCGs would have Maxi uh, live for years at this point. Like, yeah. like they've had it back for years. And their stuff is still the same. It still can go either way, like Bitterboard decks. And like all their carpool is just insane. Like they're they're so they're so creative with like how they build their decks and what they do with their decks is insane. And then cross out I when I think of Maxi and Cross Out Destinator, I think of I think of when Dragoon came out. Like when when Dragoon was going to come out first, they're like, Oh, like we can't target this card, it can't be destroyed, it pops two cards. You yeah. can summon you can summon it for free, anything like that. But for TCG, when Dragoon came out, that was the time that Forbidden Droplet came out at the exact same time, and so I think I answered to it immediately. And like, I don't think OCG had Forbidden Droplet at like at that time. I think if I'm if I'm if I if I remember correctly, they didn't yeah. have. So yeah, it was much have. harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. So we got Dragoon, which is this insanely boss monsters one like really really good card, but we also had an out for it automatically. People didn't play it like people were slow to play Forbidden Droplet. Like, oh, there there are people on the fence, but now. Droplet sees a lot more play now. Yeah. It's an it's an out to Dragoon, and then even before Dragoon came out, we had Dark Ruler No More, which is another out to it, and they can't even respond to that with Dragoon. So we already had answers for Dragoon automatically to where it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's powerful, but it's not that big of a deal. Right. So with us confirmed getting cross out Designator, technically, even with call even with call by the Grave at one, we still have a good out to Maxi. So if it comes if it comes back, right. Because you can you can um, ash blossom Maxi apparently right you can you can ash blossom Maxi yeah you can ash blossom it uh, I guess you could gamma it in certain situations like mm-hmm. I guess if you were to go reveal dry try activate effect and they go yeah. chain Maxi if you had gamma I think you, you don't have a monster in the field yet you can chain gamma mm-hmm. so there's like you know Maxi definitely is uh, punishable but the times when it goes unopposed is probably just going to be like right but that, that, that's 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 any card. Like yeah. that that's powerful like that even like your one two card combos if you don't have your uh you don't you don't have the out or the correct answer or anything to it then it's, you're just almost you're shut out of luck anyway yeah it's just it's just part of the game yep yeah crosslink designator it makes it where combo decks I, I would assume they get even stronger because this just it's like goki format where people play that uh midfield barrier mm-hmm. and you can't target anything in main phase so essentially it cut off most of the hand traps that people had back then in like mm-hmm. that Goki format, you couldn't do anything while I create my ward. And so Cross mm-hmm. Designator is a card that pushes through hand traps and you're just like, oh, you tried to, uh, in this situation, maxi me, I'm going to play my cross out, banish a maxi from my deck. Your mm-hmm. shit's negated. I'm going to continue with my combo, make my board off of two cards, probably in with a bunch of crazy nonsense that you can't deal with, GG. Um, mm-hmm. But I always wonder in these kind of formats, because of hindsight bias, I the worst nationals for me was the one with Necros and BA, the one that Noah Green won with BA. Mm-hmm. I played Necros, it was awful. I talk about it all the time, but every single round I played a bunch of anti Necros decks. Every deck was main decking shit mm-hmm. to shut down Necros. It was awful. And if I can go back, I would play BA a hundred percent because it was unaffected by all of the nonsense that people were main decking for Necros, like anti spell fragrance and skill drain doesn't really do much against BA and all that stuff. Like Mm-hmm. There's just a ton of cards that just suck. Like Thunder King is awful against BA, and people were main decking all of this shit, right? But right. if I can go back and play BA, I probably would top that event really easily and not even be sitting across from Noah in the finals because the deck was that good for that event. Um, I wonder in current Yu Gi Oh! and I think about this all the time if there is a deck right now that is largely unaffected by 
the crazy number of hand traps people are playing, like it can just almost make them useless and make them bad draws. That would be so good if that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if a deck like that exists outside of maybe that Eldritch deck. I assume that deck probably can't get hand trapped too much because it's just like, what am I even doing for you to respond to? Right. But um, but then those decks tend to not be that good. And I don't see myself playing a deck that goes first and doesn't do anything crazy just so that I can dodge everyone else's hand trap. So it's, it's like a catch-22 right now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I think like the like at this point the elder deck uh, is is definitely like it's, it's it's a decent deck like it doesn't lose like the only hand traps it really lose to is uh like Ash and Bell like yeah. the, like those those are really like the main ones that it really loses to but it loses to other stuff like are we talking about like yeah so much yeah stuff? yeah they it, get red rebooted and somebody goes I'm gonna kill you this turn mm-hmm. it's like well yeah I'm dead. <laughs> I think like the base, like the first the first time that Elder came out when they were playing like the single version. I don't know if you've seen it, but like they had the single version one. Like that was when the uh, Magician Souls that first came out. Okay, um, I wasn't yeah, I wasn't around for that one, and that one like, I do not know much about. Oh man, that like that Elder deck was crazy. You like you literally just synchro summon your life away. That was when Needle Fiber first came out, mm-hmm. and like they they put in that deck. Like you want to say your what board, synchro were they making? They were making. They're going into formula. They're going into. Librarian, you draw like a whole bunch of cards what? off. Uh, Hyper Librarian. Librarian came back for a uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, like it was, it was like it came back and it was in a couple of decks. It was in an Inferable, Inferable, Infernoble Knight deck. Um, okay. That I actually played, I actually played that deck with a uh, Hyper Librarian uh, at the first Remote Duel Invitational. Like, yeah. I, I got invited to play in that, and I played the Infernoble Knight deck and it played Hyper Librarian, and I had like a little draw card, uh, draw card combo with Librarian. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I never knew that librarian was ever playable again. Mm-hmm. Like it's not not as much now because it's yeah. definitely it's definitely link heavy right now. But yeah, yeah it, 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 it made a return in the last couple of years. Damn. So have you been a remote dual player? I guess throughout this pandemic, like you've been actually that's been your thing. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> nah. no I, 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 I think I can count. I, I literally can count on one hand. I'm like how many remote duels. I've, I've played in. I played in the like the first one I ever did was the Remote Duel Invitational. Uh-huh. Uh, that was like right in that summer, like right after the pandemic hit. Of, yeah, what, 20, 2020 summer. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first one. The big thing, like they did the brick uh, production. Uh, they sent all the play. They sent all sixteen players, like all the stream the equipment. equipment and stuff, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, that, that, that was fun. That was really really fun. I enjoyed it. Question then, for you. Mm-hmm. So they send you guys stream equipment. Do you have to send it back to them at some point? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like, okay, I just, want to, I just want to <laughs> uh, like literally, they, like they said, as in like, oh, like, like we sending you all this stuff. Uh, congratulations, like, uh, thank y'all for playing everything. Literally, like they told us, and then they sent a little paper that's like, all right, you got two days, send the shit back. Damn. <laughs> like they were like take it, like take a picture, put it back how we how we gave it to you, like mm. in the same boxes and everything. Send me my shit. That's what. That's pretty much what the letter said. Send me my shit. <laughs> send me my playing. shit. And all equipment back. What do they even send you guys to set up? Like, I'm curious. Well, like they sent us like a. It was like they sent us like two Logitech uh, uh webcams, like one for your face, like if you had the feature match. Mm-hmm. They sent one for your face, one to look down on your uh, on your field. They had the like, yep. the like the the boom stand to put the uh, to put the psh, webcam on. Yeah. They, they sent you like a light, so you you know they can see your face. Mint, you're all shining all bright and everything. That was very shiny. And my, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was very, very shiny. Well, you know, we man. like to moisturize. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like they sent us a, a headset that actually that I actually don't have to hold up to my head. Uh, 
<laughs> they, they, they said it's a lot of good stuff like the sandbags to make sure the mic didn't fall, like the boom stand didn't fall. Oh damn! Uh, like that, they they sent us a lot of stuff. Like they like they sent us a lot of like high quality stuff. Damn, yeah, yeah the, the in person dueling, no matter what. Obviously, oh, one hundred percent. Because it's it's a lot of stuff that you can uh, tell from your like you can do like with your opponent or to your opponent like yeah. in person. Yes, yeah, I agree. Like like, and, like different tales you can pick up on, especially like reading their face, seeing like they draw a card, body, like, like do the language. Like, mm-hmm, by, the body language. Body language is a big big thing. It is. Also, if one of them motherfuckers are a magician on the side, like you can't cut their deck. <laughs> and like, you're not allowed to record it either. Oh yeah, dude, I was yep. gonna bring that up because I remember somebody sent us a letter before. But is that that's still a thing? Like you can't record the match. Yeah, but you're like you're not allowed to record the match at all. I don't understand that. Still yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah you I, should I, be able to record the match. Allows us to go back and watch the watch like the footage and be like, oh no, he he cheated right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, and then like I remember like the one like the one for Europe, like it was literally blatant. Like it was like he was like he was like, all right, uh play infinite impermanence. Like of course oh, you yeah. play you play mm-hmm. in that column, like all for both players. Anything else that's played, any month as spell on track that's played in that column is negated. So he's like infinite impermanence, your thing. Oh, all right, play Zodiac Barrage, uh continuous uh spell. Uh it pop, it, like as a fact pops itself and then summons a Zodiac. Plays it in the same zone as his impermanence, takes his hand off, then moves it to the side and then goes barrage effect and then the dude's like yo you played it in the imperms zone he's like no i didn't i played it right here and it's so blatant he just moved it i saw the video he like moves it he to the mo- side it's so funny it took him five seconds to move it too yeah it, it was blatant it, it blatant it, it was very like it was bad like the judge like the judge got involved in everything judge didn't do it like judge didn't do anything and stuff like and there was like the dude was like yo i got feel like even if it risked him being banned like for for pretty much going against the rules and stuff, he literally had a hey, like, hey, even if I get banned, like I don't care if I get banned for this, this dude is cheating. The footage is right here. Yep. Yeah. I fuck with that. Clear, I'm clear glad that. that he did that. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Right, it's like right, uh, right. it's like in chess, right? Like if you move your piece, if you take your fingers off your piece, like you moved your piece. Right. Like you put I the thing down, piece. and it took five seconds. He played yeah. that card. He oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like everyone, like it's it's a it's a big thing. It's a big thing on Zod. Um, uh, so that dude looks like a big thread about it, and everybody is literally going in on the dude. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's other stories of people cheating in remote duels that are just crazy. Like people are going to cheat regardless. They're going to try to do it in person. They're going to try to do it in remote duels. They're going to try to do yeah. it in every possible way. But I feel like remote duels almost promote it. Um, oh yeah, because you are somewhat removing uh, opportunity for people to be caught. I guess wholly removing the opportunity. For no, people you to be are. Caught. The the simple fact of cutting your opponent's deck yes makes it like it's actually not that hard to stack one like one card it's really easy to stack one card. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can shuffle your duck at deck in a way where you you always keep a certain card right on the bottom and then right at the end of the, your shuffle put it on top and it's and at one point easy. at one point Kenny you were actually learning how to do magic and stuff like that right like sleight of hand yeah yeah, yeah I know this like hand years and years ago yeah yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> I, I no no. But no, I. Frazier's right. If I wanted to, right, and I've never done it in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Um, right. But even if I wanted to do it in Yu-Gi-Oh, your opponent has the option to cut and shuffle your deck. You know, there's no real way to do it. Um, right. Unless you're fucking sliding cards up your sleeve for some crazy yeah, shit. <laughs> but in remote duel setting, you probably gotta have shit under your table. Like, my, yeah. My point is, in remote duel, like if I have, like, I'm just gonna use pot of greed. I know pot of greed's never legal, but. Let's say I just for whatever reason wanted pot agreed. I could shuffle my deck in a way and it's indistinguishable. Like you looking at it, you'd never be able to tell 
that I'm I'm controlling where Pot of Greed is. Right. And then as soon as I'm done my shuffle, I can boom end it. The Pot of Greed's on the top of my deck. Now my opponent mm-hmm. in person can cut my deck, shuffle my deck, whatever. Call shuffle, they do whatever they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just at my fucking house, there's nothing you can do. You can't stop me from having Pot of Greed or whatever other card I want on top of my deck. Right. There's nothing you can do. I just think and, 90% of these problems are solved by having recordings at the very least, because that way you can play it back and be like, oh, wait. They're also Ooh. solved by just having Dueling Book. Like I know Dueling Book's not official, <laughs> but I don't understand true. how people in their basement can create things like Dueling Book and Dueling Network, and Konami shuts it down, and they haven't created... like. Yeah, they're coming out with that alternative. master duel thing, mm-hmm. but we don't know what the fuck that's going to be. We don't know like. what that's going to be. be. Also, why is it taking so long? Like, <laughs> I don't know. People in their basements made dueling. First of you all, it shouldn't have taken a pandemic. Like, like, master duel should have been created long. It shouldn't have taken the world to shut down. For them to create a platform like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering Online, where Yu-Gi-Oh players who do not wish to travel to play in person can literally just buy virtual cards. And I'm sure it'll yeah. be a ton of money for Konami as well because mm-hmm. Hearthstone makes Pokemon a killing. Pokemon does too. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much every legitimate card game has a online way to play, except Yu-Gi-Oh. And, uh, and, and when I say online way to play, I mean official online way to play, not YGO Pro and not Dueling Book. But right. Master Duel, maybe, maybe it'll be something good i'm I'm optimistic i'm hoping uh there's a lot of ways to mess it up but i'm just gonna hope to god that they that they do it right make it where you can be competitive in that maybe have ycs's on that and we don't have to worry so much about people cheating because the system might automate most things and uh that'll hopefully cut down on a lot of it right 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 so i got a random question you, okay so you've traveled a lot you've been to a lot of events right so you've topped okay. slash one up to 20 events but i assume you've been to you know, even more. Oh, yeah. So out of all of those events and the different places you've traveled and visited, is there any place that you really enjoyed the most? Like when you think about like, man, I really enjoyed going here. Um, like this event was really cool or the scenery was cool or like, you know, whatever, whatever was part mm-hmm. of that trip. All right. So all of those things out of all the events have been to like even YCS's ARGs or even regionals. And so I, I, I really, I really do. I enjoy Florida just like, cause it's so close. And I have a lot of friends that's down in Florida. Yeah, uh, Florida, Florida's really good one. Like the weather's always nice, and we always dodge hurricane season whenever we go to an event there. <laughs> so that's so that's that's a plus. Like I love Florida. You wouldn't live. want to live there because oh, oh God no. <laughs> yeah, yeah God no. Uh, what's, what's yeah, I can't deal with Florida heat. I have a lot of family <laughs> in Florida, but that hundred degree weather and it's also humid. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's another place? Uh, Canada was very nice. I've I, heard. I, I haven't been to Canada yet. I've like heard from everybody. Whenever there's an event, like a fighting game event or whatever in Canada, like they always mm-hmm. love it. Oh, you know, I've, I think I've been to Canada three times. Toronto. Yeah, I, yeah I've been I've been to Canada all three times. Uh, all three were uh, illegal. Don't tell nobody. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I I, I enjoyed Toronto. Like to the tour in Toronto. Uh, so we, like we definitely saw Drake. Uh, that that was also a highlight. Oh, okay. Of my, all right, we didn't see Drake, but. Oh, I was all happy for you and shit. Okay. Okay. You got to go to a, a Drake concert in his hometown. <laughs> he probably was, he was probably somewhere in the vicinity. He might have been, maybe. Hell but, yeah! But hey, no, I can say I can just say nobody would know. That's true. Listen, 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 you, listen to this, then they know you that. Draw, you draw snitch on yourself. <laughs> 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 no, but but, Tor- but Toronto was fun, and then even the one for in Niagara. Niagara was really really nice. Oh, and then yeah, like, yeah. like seeing the actual like falls and stuff like that. That was. I'll be like the biggest thing that I take from doing Yu-Gi-Oh! Like when I go on trips, it's not just sitting in a hotel, going to the vent and like just 
playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. all weekend. It's going to do different stuff, like going to eat at different restaurants, seeing different uh, sites and everything, whatever is local. I think also like this comes with another one. I think I love California. California's also me too. One. Oh my god, I was going to oh, say yeah. that if you didn't say it, I love Cali. <laughs> oh yeah, I think the the last the YCS Pasadena in 2019 uh, that we when I went to that that actually happened on the weekend of uh, my birthday. And then like fun fact, me and Fraser have actually the, the same exact birthday, like oh, like, shit. like month 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 of that year, like we have the exact same birthday. So Damn. so that weekend, I like of course we went to the venue and stuff like. Of course, well, YCS, you go there Friday. Uh, you can pre-register. You can go buy cars. Meet up with some friends. Turn your deck list in. Literally, uh, my plan was me, uh, my friend uh, Patrick James, a player in, in, the, in the game, like very, very close friend. Mm-hmm. Same uh, for me. My, yeah, very, very, very close friend. Uh, we literally went Friday. Like I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't bring any cards. Uh, we went, uh, turned in my deck list. I'm like, I don't, I don't care what's going on. I like This is what I was playing the Cyber Dragon deck. And I, I think that was like one of my most dominant deck, dominant decks in the game. Yeah, like, you like, knew you were going to play that deck, and that there was no change in your mind if you fucking gave your deck list in on a Friday. I, got, I turned <laughs> it in Friday. I already had everything laid out. Talk like talking to my people. Did this like all right, my my play this, my play that. All right, got to got to cover. Bam, turn the deck list in. No cars, no trading, no buy, buying other cards or anything. Yeah. Me and him after we turned it in, we literally hopped in an Uber, went to the Staples Center and watched a. Uh, the Clippers and the Heat. I mean, not Clippers, the Heat. Clippers and the uh, Rockets play. <laughs> oh, oh, like man, that, that's Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George, and then that was when uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook were on the on the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And when, when I said we were we were close, we were close. Like the, t- <laughs> the, 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 t- the tickets weren't even expensive; they were like a, like a hundred, hundred fifty dollars. No, damn, we were, I'll definitely pay that. Yeah, we were like we were behind the uh, behind the uh, the goal, like about maybe twelve seats up. We we get we can see all the players clearly. Like very fun event. Uh, Meek Mill was like in the corner. We could see all of his diamonds in his, in his chain. And stuff. Uh, Roddy, Roddy Rich performed that halftime. Like when I say, like when I say, it was, it, it was when I say it was a fun ass event. It was fun. Yeah, that's dope. Cause you got to go. You got to go there because of Yu Gi Oh, right? You traveled all these mm-hmm. places, but outside of Yu Gi Oh, you have a really fun experience and story and memory that you can tell to anybody, even if they don't know Yu Gi Oh, right? You're like, oh, I went here. I went to this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's because even though we're playing Yu-Gi-Oh, it's for Yu-Gi-Oh, but your trips aren't about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's just, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. But like that, that's that's how it goes. That's why you have the most fun. All the all the people that go to these events, even if if they win or if they don't win, the biggest thing that they're gonna remember is what they did during that weekend. Mm-hmm. Like one hundred percent. Some of the most fun at Yu-Gi-Oh events I've had is after the event, like you guys were saying earlier. But after the event, when you guys all go to a, a restaurant and hang out yep. and talk shit, mm-hmm. like that's some of the most fun you have. Oh, I yeah. love that. Usually because I don't eat during events either, so uh, no, there's there's no there's no eating involved. Yeah, <laughs> I also my stomach is in such fucking knots usually when I'm trying to uh, play that I can't even eat if I wanted to. Like I'll usually have at most some kind of chocolate or candy. But I can't eat like a full meal in the middle of a tournament. I don't know. My stomach just would not allow that. Yeah. yeah. So now I got to ask because you went to this game and I've been wanting to ask this since the podcast started. So if you can't see this and you're listening, my man has a jersey and a frame <laughs> on his wall. And I need to know what because because of the glare, I can't tell what it is. So I need to know the story behind this jersey. So uh, this jersey is actually from the first uh, Yu-Gi-Oh team that I was on, uh, which is uh, which is the card guys. Uh, I remember I think, the car guys. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my that's one of our jerseys. I think that's the that's the third jersey that we did. The first jersey that we did, if you're looking at if you're looking at the video, is the one on Kenny's screen with the 
with the red, black, and white, with majority mm-hmm. white. Okay, yeah, uh, so you got the red, black, and white, and you got the straw hat on. Oh, yeah. So that was your, that was your first jersey. Mm-hmm. That, that, was the, that was the first jersey for the team. And then the second mm-hmm. jersey that we ended up getting was, like, of course, red, black, and white, but the, the jersey was all black. Like, all black with, like, the red and white and uh, red and white, black stripes. Uh, we debuted that jersey at YCS Atlanta. Like, oh, I who, who, who won that one? That, that was a pendulum. I was going to say Frazier won that one. I got third at that Atlanta. That was the one where I think Jose. Yeah, won. Jose Lagunas. Yeah, it was yeah, Jose yeah. versus Tommy Rowe, and I got mm-hmm. third. I think some some Cosmo guy got. Oh, uh, Yuri, Yuri. Yes, because I remember he let me go first game three, yeah. and I summoned Cyber Infinity, four counter traps, another back row that was Twin Twister. I had a Twin Twister in my hand. And I had like uh, a full hand too. And I was like, all right, go ahead. And he like summoned Cyber Dragon. And I was like, Chaos Trap Hole. <laughs> and he's like, he like summons a Cosmo 10 can, sets some back rows and goes to end phase. I'm like, okay, there's a lot that's about to happen. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to Twin Twister both your back row. And are you activating 10 can? He's like, yes. I'm like, I'm going to activate Cyber Infinity. And then he's like, I'm going to tag it out. And I'm like, I'm going to change strike. Now you have no cards on the field at all. I'm going to draw and I'm going to kill you. And I want a prize card. <laughs> Got my $1,000. I think that's, that's the thing I'm mad about. Like, just as real quick, I think the highest, like, I thought, of course, winning the ARGs, 1500 yeah. is nice. Like, that's nice anyway. Like, no matter how you get it. But, like, when I, like, when I got fourth and watched this Toronto, I was one game away. Actually, I was, I was one game away from getting into the finals. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then after I lost them, and I, like on that one, I lost to uh, Chris LeBlanc, who ended up winning the event. Yeah. And then like I, I was one away from getting into the finals to have the chance to win a YCS, my first YCS. Damn. But then, but then also I was one win. I was one win away from getting a prize card. Mm. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, so I got a prize card the very first top, obviously because I won. But then I didn't get a prize card for a fucking long time after that, and that was like annoying to me like i wanted to get more because i remember at the time like mccabe especially he would get every time he topped he would go like fucking deep right and he would always get like a prize card and they would be so much money and when i was younger i, I wanted the money like i was like i want this fucking money like god damn it. like, it's one thing to be like oh yeah i got second like i'll pass on a second but i want that day of money right and uh it just eluded me for so long but then you know, 2016 i got that minerva and i was like thank god like, oh here yeah we go. oh yeah minerva's nice if you hit onto it minerva is crazy right no now. i sold it for a thousand i sold it for 950 to be exact i can't i can't even remember the price of it right now but minerva is i, I, want, I want to throw a number out because i think that's a couple thousand i know that yeah it's it's, it's insane all yeah thing. yeah mm-hmm. i won it in 2016 so i would have had to be holding it for five years which mm-hmm. i mean honestly even when i sold it it's not like i needed a thousand bucks but i also didn't see myself holding prize cards because at that time in Yu-Gi-Oh. That was when prize cards kept going down in value over time. Mm. Like we didn't yeah. know that the market would ever get this crazy um, where cards are just worth so much. And so like every event that passes, there's more Minervas being printed. Then I believe the nationals of 2016, they gave out the entire top 32 got Minervas. Mm-hmm. So then like that, and, and people were selling their Minervas for $450, $400. So the price went even lower after I won it. So I would have had to have held it through all the price decreases and then wait five years to finally see like a crazy return on it, which, you know, whatever, like you live and you learn. Right. But, um, 
if I can go back, I wouldn't have sold. Apparently, I wouldn't have sold a single card because of how crazy the market is. <laughs> I would have yeah, right? sold a card in my life. You'd be retired at this point. Yes, I would have retired off of my collection because that's just how absurd. Like I had a lot of good cards back then. I um, even though I'm a competitive person, I always had a crazy ass binder or three mm-hmm. or three. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, real quick, you know it's crazy. You know Josh Bavarni, like like one of the the judges right now. You know he bought a house off of his collection. I'm not surprised at all. Anybody I mean, who held old Yu-Gi-Oh cards, if you were a collector, and there's a lot of them, they're eating nicely right now. Mm-hmm. They're eating very, very nice. But uh, let's pivot over to outside of Yu-Gi-Oh. So, because I assume that you're also pretty much a nerd like us, where you like anime and video games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read. I'm just going to say a couple of things, and you say the first, the first one that you agree with or that comes to mind. So, Naruto or Sasuke? Oh, so. Sasuke definitely is the more broken of the character, like aesthetic wise, like his demeanor, mm-hmm. like his, his move sets and everything. I kind of resonate more with Naruto because of like the underdog. It, yeah, like yeah, an underdog, sad boy thing. Like yep. gr- growing up, I I was I felt like that was me. Uh, growing up, I felt like I was the underdog in a lot of stuff. Like and like I was younger, like I didn't, I wasn't the best person. It's like I was good at a lot of stuff, but like I wanted to always wanted to be the best. Like my yeah, but biggest thing that like my dad. Tommy growing up was, hey, you're number one. You're the best. No matter what you do, you need to strive to be number one. You need to strive to be the best at it. And that's and that's what I took at in life, even though, like, I wasn't where I wanted to be in certain aspects. But I was always striving to become that best person. Like, even if I was the underdog, I was going to strive to be number one. Okay. Yeah. Or anything like that. Uh, Damn. What the, <laughs> the hell was that? That was uh, the, the, the ukulele. The ukulele just <laughs> fell. Oh. <laughs> It just, it made a cameo. Yeah, it just like, fucking fell. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no, but I, I like like Sasuke's Sasuke is awesome, but I'm more I'm more of an Naruto. Okay. Um Yagami Light or L? Light. Light? Light, yeah, light, definitely. Okay, good, good, good. We're good there. Uh <laughs> Goku or Vegeta? Goku. Goku? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. This isn't two people from the same anime, but Naruto or Ichigo? So who like who went in the fire gym or just like just like which one do you which, like? Whichever more, one you can answer both ways. Whichever oh, one you like. <laughs> who, who do you think would win in a fight and who do you like more? Ah, ah, <laughs> I, I, there we go. It's good questions now. Oh, man. I think I, th- I think I, I think I think it's I think it's still more Naruto. Okay. Like, I think uh, I think but I think I still resonate with Naruto more on that, but yeah, but the, the, the fight, the fight, the fighting, the fighting aspect of it is crazy because just uh, where their powers go in both yeah. the anime, like it's like they're, they're both they're both insanely broken and they get broke broken quick. Like oh man, I think I think I I think I, I think I still pick Naruto in this. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Eisen or Madara? Madara. Madara. Okay. Madara, Madara, Madara is insane. Madara <laughs> is insane. <laughs> yes. Um. Let's see. Frieza or Cell. Oh, Frieza, one hundred percent. So, so like, so like people that know me, they they know like what I like. I am heavy, like it, like you, you can look at me and I walk up to you and like, hey, what's up, man? I am heavy, 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 heavy into anime, like yeah. like one hundred percent. Like I am, I love anime, like one hundred percent. Like that is my that is my go to on everything. Okay, so you must love this podcast then. Oh yeah, it's like that. Like, like <laughs> my, my first, like when I saw the, when I saw you y'all post of. Uh, yeah, I post about the first episode. I tuned in because uh, I work an hour away from home, so I have an hour drive there. Hour drive okay, back. this so, is great for that. Yeah, so I waited a couple episodes in. So first episode, y'all start talking to them. I'm like, 
Oh yeah, this, this is gonna be good. My drives mm-hmm. are fine you now. My drives. Tsunami days. Yeah. Right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like my my drives are fine. Like in every every single episode, I'm like, yep, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> like every, like every single thing y'all talked about, I've had it's had some effect on me. Yeah, some experience mm-hmm. with it, but you know mm-hmm. about it too. Yeah, I think like my first anime was DBZ. Oh, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, first anime was DBZ. Most people, and, yep. And then actually in all of DBZ, like uh, DBZ Dragon Ball Super, Frieza actually is my favorite villain. Okay, Frieza. Like, 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 about Frieza throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Frieza is my literally is my favorite villain. Yeah, Frieza is a super iconic villain. What were you going to mm-hmm. say, Kenny? In terms of Frieza, yeah, I thought you were going to say something, but you know, I was going to say Frieza's sick. In terms of DBZ, Frieza is definitely the most well written villain and just the coolest villain. Like, Cell's dope as shit, but oh yeah, I fucking I really do love Frieza. Uh, in terms of the DBZ villains, I think Frieza is my favorite. My favorite villain for all of DBZ. Uh, that's tough. It's probably I really. This is crazy. I guess it's not DBZ, but Dragon Ball. I fucking love the Piccolo Junior. Like when mm-hmm. we first get after King Piccolo, and the Piccolo that we all know now, uh, back then was always referred to as Piccolo Junior. That whole arc and his whole setup, I fu- I was so into it, and mm-hmm. they had some really really good Goku moments in there. Um, so I I think I remember Piccolo Junior arc the most fondly, but freezes up. <clears throat> Yeah, freezes the shit. Oh yeah. Um, gone or Killua? Killua. Damn. And then Killua is just too dope. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna say, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge Killua fan. Killua is sick. When Killua goes Super Saiyan two, you remember that? <laughs> that was straight goes Super Saiyan two straight the fuck oh, up. Oh my god, I'm, I remember that episode that when he did. I'm like, oh my god, like he, he went off on that episode. <laughs> do you uh do you watch my hero or are you into my hero? I, I am. I'm I'm current. I'm current in my hero. Okay, so uh, current anime, current or manga, current? Uh, we'll say a little, kind of a little bit. Like I'm good, definitely current anime. Uh, with certain with certain anime that I really get into, uh, there's two things that happen. Uh, manga wise, I'll either kind of spoil myself with like I, I watch a lot of YouTube as well too. So like with certain stuff that I uh, watch anime wise, like of course those videos pop up like what's yes. going on, what's going on in this uh in the in the manga, or whatever. So for certain anime, I've been spoiled on like what happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like what happens later on. So, like, I know, like, where they're going right now in my academia. Yeah, but uh, anime wise, I am uh, caught up on the anime. Okay, so my villain academia. Yes, yeah, so I was going to mm-hmm. say, uh, Izuku, Shoto, or Bakugo. I like Shoto. You like Shoto Todoroki? Like, mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. Totally. I, yeah, yeah. I like Bakugo too. I don't know. Out of the three of them, I like them so much. Shoto was probably third for me. But he at first he started off as being like the coolest one or whatever. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's how they make him. But over time, I started to grow to respect Bakugo so fucking much after finding Bakugo out that he's is such a good character. He's yeah, so yeah. well written to me because you don't know that he's this huge All Might fan until like <laughs> so late. And that just changed the entire way I think about him because he's been jealous of Midoriya for being like close to All Might and everything, which makes a lot of sense. Right. But um, I love Bakugo. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I definitely like all three. He's just. Like all of them have their like different strengths and weaknesses and stuff, yeah. like their different character traits. Just like with Sh- like with Shoto, I think. Uh, but I st- when I started really liking Shoto was the uh, pretty much like the tournament art, the fest the festival art. Yep. Yeah. Like like the 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 festival art when him and uh, Midoriya were fighting, and he's sitting there fighting, and he's refusing to use his his left like yeah. Because like the thing that happened with the uh, 
His dad. Yeah, like with with his with his dad and his mom. Like I'm, I'll never use I never use the side. Yeah, I fuck with that. Stand stand yeah. on something. <laughs> but then like Midoriya was like, hey, it's your it's your power. Like use it. Really and then and like, also he was like, you you better take us fucking seriously. Like you think you can yeah. do this with half your power? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like and then they were they were going tip for tap. But then like he when he let that left side go because he was freezing over. He let that left side go, and then like that beautiful ass animation. Like he does the like, <sighs> that the, the the impact and stuff. Like when like, he just heating the coat. Like, cause he, 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 did the, he did the he did like the, the ice part. Then we raised the hand, uh-huh. and then like the like all the particle effects and the explosion. I'm like, oh my god! Like yeah. I was literally thinking, I'm like, this looks so fucking good. Yeah, like, I remember that. That's so fucking that big. good. That's dude. one of the things that got me into my hero was seeing that scene before I started watching it. You know how it's always that that one clip that just keeps going around for an anime that you don't know about yet or that you're not into yet. You keep mm-hmm. seeing it too much, and then eventually you're into it. Oh yeah, my, that's how I got one of my boys in the One Piece. He forever was just like not in the One Piece, and then one day he saw me watching Luffy versus Bluno. It was the first time Luffy goes year second, and he he goes and he's looking at my computer and he's like, "Yo, uh, let me get One Piece." He's like, "Put that on my hard drive." And I was like, "I got you, I got you." Like it was real subtle. Like he didn't really say much else. He just like was standing behind my computer with his arms crossed. He watched the 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 gear the first gear second fight. And he's like, yo, can you uh put one piece on my hard drive? <laughs> I was like, I got you. <laughs> What's your top five anime, Blair? Like, what are your favorite anime? I know this is kind of a hard question, but they don't gotta be in order, but yeah, they don't have to be in any particular order. Just like your five favorite, like the ones that have the biggest impression on you, the ones that if you could not watch any other anime ever again, it's only these five. What would the five be? Okay, so so I already I didn't know I never done three of them off rip. So DBZ because that's what I, that's what I grew up with. Okay, uh, like, yeah. like like almost everyone like around our our age. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what started them. Or right, either that, like that, or Dragon Ball. Like they started in, with yeah. the summer iteration with that. One that's very obscure. Like that's not obscure, of course. It's, it was Toonami. Like when Toonami came on, I start. I got I was big a big Cartoon Network person, so I watched Cartoon Network anyway. Then when Toonami started coming, on, I'm like, I did right, something new, something different I haven't really seen, and it started catching my interest. So Trigun. Yes. Yeah, Trigun. Trigun is one. I, I love Trigun. Like Vasha Stampede is <laughs> one of my favorite characters. Trigun is uh, sick. Yeah. Um, I can say that. I can. I can say this. My number one, like DBZ, is definitely up there. Like it is one favorite, but like my number one favorite anime, honestly. Like this is going up there one. Like, but it's not. It's my number one is uh Outlaw Star. Oh my like, god! Let's Outlaw go. Star. Out, yes. Outlaw, Outlaw Star. Is, that was another Tsunami one too. Yeah, that was. Like, Outlaw Outla- Star is the shit. Yes, Outlaw Star is my man Black Gene Ryan. Star. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've only seen I, it once, but I remember it being really fucking good. Oh yeah, I, like that's that's I watched that once, maybe like every couple months. Like I like Damn. I, I binge watched the whole thing like every couple months. Like that's me with Death Note. So I got <laughs> it. I have to ask. You mentioned Trigun and Outlaw Star, so mm-hmm. you have to also like Cowboy Bebop. I know, but yeah, I, yeah. Like, there's no out there too. Yeah, there's no way you don't like because I feel like those three anime. Mm-hmm. I don't know if something about them were just linked to me. Like Trigon, Outlaw Star, and Cowboy Bebop. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. those three guns, space. Are just, they're just <laughs> similar. They're just yep. really similar. And I get I get really good vibes watching all three of them. Oh yeah, all, all the time. Like they those like those were like all in rotation uh Tunam. Like when Tanami came on, like they were always on playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then even Sweet. when like when it moved to Adult Swim, like they were still playing it on there. And that of course they might start playing like the more uncensored stuff for the most part. But yep. They're they're always I, I love them. So we got DBZ, Trigun, and Outlaw Star. All right. Cowboy Bebop is is okay. All right. <laughs> like, all right. Anybody got that one? Number yeah, four. Like, uh, the fifth one. The fifth one. Now, fifth. This is the last anime that if you can't watch any more anime for the rest of your life, you can put this one in here. 
and it's cemented for you. Mm. I would say, I would say Tenchi Muyo, honestly. Tenchi, damn, my man is tsunami yeah. off. Yeah, you are. Yo, you need a fucking tsunami sponsorship <laughs> for that. Uh, that list that you just t- gave. Like tsunami like, list, baby. Like tsunami was one of the biggest reasons that honestly. Like got me big into anime. Then, of course, yeah. Tenchi is sick, man. Tenchi is. What's crazy about Tenchi is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first harem anime I've ever Mm -hmm. ever seen, but it was dope. And I also, I I feel like it. Um, it doesn't get mentioned as much anymore. People don't usually talk about it, but that was really big on Toonami as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like all the different seasons. I I think on Toonami, I think the highest they got, if I remember correctly, was Tenchi in Tokyo. I think that was the highest they got. On tsunami, yeah, I believe a lot of tension. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more past that, but, but I know I think that was the highest tension back in the day. Ryoku. <laughs> <laughs> that was when my all my anime was in English. I didn't know anything about Japanese anime at the time. Mm-hmm. That was all. I was, I was a uh, a dub boy. I to this day, <laughs> Outlaw Star, Trigun, and Cowboy Bebop specifically. I to this day, every time I rewatch them, I still watch them in English. Um. I, I I really like their dubs. I grew up with their dubs, so mm-hmm. I watch all three of those in English like all the and time. I think that I think that's the biggest thing too, because it, it it shows a lot. Because the older anime, especially the ones that we grew up with, even with bias or not, we'll watch those. We'll still watch those in dub, but the newer ones, like for us, you really can't stomach it. You really can't stomach the dub on that because, like like Cow- like Cowboy Bebop, uh, Outlaw Star, all of those, their dubs were done so well. I and agree. They, like they like their voice actors were so perfect, and it fit, yeah. they, it fit those characters. Like you, you look at your, you look at the, you look at uh Spike Spiegel, mm-hmm. and and you hear his voice actor talk like for the dub. You're like, yeah, that's Spike. Like if that's I was Spike, yeah. Spike that, that's how Spike would sound. But then you go to some recent, and like say you you watch My Hero Academia and dub, oh, and you hear you hear Midoriya talking, you're like, that's that's yeah. I mean, and especially if you if you watch the sub first and you see your, you hear yeah. his voice is in the sub, which is the voice actor for Midoriya does amazing. But then yeah. you go to the dub and Midoriya is like, even if I didn't hear the sub version first, you would still not like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another yeah. problem I have with dubs nowadays is that now look, I love Chris Sabat. Chris Sabat, I think, is a great voice actor. However, because so many dubs, because Funimation has sort of won the war on licensing anime, they get so many dubs. You hear Chris Sabat's voice on a lot of things that, in my opinion, don't really fit. And I'm like, yeah. I love Chris Sabat. I think you're a great voice actor, but some of these characters you're voicing, I just don't agree with. Like, I don't <laughs> think you fit this character. Right. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. They don't have the the number of different voice actors here as they do in Japan. Yeah. Oh, a big thing for like the older anime as well too. Like Johnny Young Bosch, who used to be the, uh, was the Black Ranger in Power Rangers. The second Black he, Power Ranger. He's he the does, he, fucking yeah. He does a lot of like of the older ones. He did a lot of dub. Yeah. Like, he, he did a lot of the voice. Like the big, I think one of the. The most little ones definitely was Ichigo, mm-hmm. like him doing the dub voice for Ichigo in uh, Bleach. And when I like, realized I, that by the way, when I was like, "Wait a minute, mm-hmm. Ichigo's dub voice is the second Black Ranger." Holy shit! <laughs> and, and, he, and he has a lot of stuff in his catalog, like a lot yeah. of anime, like a lot of work on different animes in his catalog. Yeah, uh, dude, like Naruto's English voice. I'll never forget Naruto's English voice is like this this just lady that does work on Nick like. Disney Channel or something. Wait, Naruto's English voice actor is a woman? Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's uh I remember my little brother, he was watching like some random show on Disney Channel. It was like some high school show <laughs> in Disney Channel. And I'm hearing this like voice. And I know it's not Naruto because 
it they're like talking about fucking the school dance or something. <laughs> but I'm listening. I'm like, that's Naruto. Like I'm listening to the voice. Like, so I, I go into the room <laughs> and I'm like, what are you watching? And he he tells me, and I'm looking at it. I'm listening to this lady talk. And I was like, what's her name? Like, what's the character's name? He told me the character's name. I go look it up. And I was like, holy shit, that's Naruto's voice actor. Like, <laughs> so random. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you could, random. if you could have a power from any anime, what would it be, Blair? Flight, 100%. You would just want to fly? Yeah, like, of all, all, all the other, like, shooting lasers. I think it'd be, the, like, there'd be the energy blast, but I think flight is a superpower that's been something that I've always, like, that grab me for the so most you want to be free you just want to be able to like mm-hmm. go go, go at any moment be anywhere at any time you just kind of want to fly around oh, the yeah. open skies mm-hmm. that, that, that's that's a, every like every, everything like every like, i think it stemmed basically from of course dragon ball z like mm-hmm. especially dragon ball z like when they started flying and stuff like mm-hmm. that kind of like all the all the waves and stuff all the transformation super saiyan i think all right super saiyan probably number two if anything like that, but <laughs> yeah. but but flight, but flight, uh, flight was definitely flight's definitely number one, hundred percent. So you've been wanting to fly for a while, and that must be like oh, a thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. People don't just say flight; they don't <laughs> have dreams, daydreams of just staring at the birds out in the sky. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I wish. When I was a kid, like kid, 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 I remember when I was really little. I went to a Catholic school, and every now and then they'd like force you to go to church. I remember mm-hmm. sitting in the church; they're talking about whatever. And I was literally, I would daydream about Goku crashing into the ceiling and being like, <laughs> we need you. And, you know, you're, you were saying you didn't know. And then he grabs me, and we fucking, we fly through the ceiling and then I go off and fight Frieza and shit. And he and trains me. more exciting than church. So I'm. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would, I because like, I ain't got time. I would be in there so bored. I do me not too. care. About I usually it. fall asleep. And I'm, I'm sitting there just thinking. I remember I would look at the stained glass. And I would invent stories because the, the stained glass windows would have like different pictures on them. Oh, yeah. They would have battles and all types of shit. And I would mm-hmm. invent stories of me in those pictures. It's me, those, whoever else is in the glass window, and Goku. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel times. you on that. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, jumping back to you a little bit here. What's your like dream ban list if you had to say right now? Like, what do you want done to the game? How, how, how would Blair balance current Yu Gi Oh! That's gotten so crazy. Oh God! Oh, he bring back. What, need, what needs to go? What are you gonna do to hit dragoons? What are you gonna do to hit some of these ridiculous combos? Bring, bring back original print chaos emperor. Oh look! So the the funny thing, like like talking about bandless when you talk about cards like dragoon, firewall, mm-hmm. like other powerful cards like that. Majority of the time, before they deal with that card, there's always innocent bystanders. Yes, um, they they get in the way. Like just just like for instance, real quick, like before Firewall actually got banned, they hit like a whole bunch of like they hit a assault core, which is like one of the pieces in the ABC deck. They, like <laughs> they, I think mean, they they hit it the one of it. They, I think they banned it actually. So which means if you're an ABC player, you can't even play your ABC deck because you, yeah, because your A is gone. So you're literally missing like, a whole piece. You you can't make your boss monster in your deck. It's like an innocent bystander. Uh, so like if I was make so thinking about it, to hit Dragoon without actually hitting Dragoon. You either have to hit Red Eyes Fusion, but that hits all the like. There's other Red Eyes Fusion monsters that isn't Dragoon, so those wouldn't be playable unless you play Poly and like you have the cards in your hand. Yeah, you you either have to hit Verte Anaconda, which hits all the other Fusion stuff. Like that's not that's not Dragoon. Or you could just hit Dragoon itself. <laughs> exactly, but that's too easy. 
Like, like that, 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 that's that's the cop out. I hate the <laughs> fact that all of us are so conditioned by how how bandless have been done in the past that we just accept the fact that the most roundabout way is probably what's going to happen instead of just fucking hitting dragoon itself. Like this card is now banned. You cannot play this card anymore. We'd rather hit. They want to make money. Else, they will ban red eyes before they fucking ban. <laughs> The actual Dragoon. Like, Red Eyes will just be on the ban list. Like, Red Eyes and Dark Magician are banned. And then even with that, they still kills the, they kills, they kills the Red Eyes deck yep. and, the, and the Dark Magician deck. Yep. Like, Which the Dark Magician deck has some crazy support coming out, too. It does. It does. I think, like, with that, they, they would, they, they, they'd be, like, the last thing on their list, because all the... Well, they'll never the, ban Dark Magician. I, I'm going to put that out there right now. That would be a crime. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Like, they, they, they would lose... Like majority of their like play. Oh, that, that would that be point. a crime if they did that. Oh yeah, like it's not, it's not even the people that play dark. Just because like, just like the nostalgia of mm-hmm. like dark magician being what it is. Like you you're taking play. you're taking away part of their like what they know of the game, what they love of the game, or whatever got them into the game first. But like, but that, that question is like is rough. Like looking at like the easy way would be hitting dragoon. Yeah. What else do you think needs to happen though? Which I, like I'm trying to think of other ways to not just ban cards, but like what cards you could bring back. I was outside. I was out of Maxi. I was out of Maxi because we, mm-hmm. we know that's the thing. What's, what's some older cards? In this ideal scenario, are you trying to are you trying to make are you trying to slow Yu Gi Oh down? Or are you cool with Yu Gi Oh being what it is now? <laughs> it, majority of times, like when they try to like when they slowed like when they slowed the game down, like when they when they took out like when Dragon Rulers finally got hit like what the second time, like the game slowed down a little bit, and then they also let. For more deck, they also let more decks be able to see more play. Yeah. So it's 2014. It wasn't just a it wasn't a triangle format or this is the best deck. If you're not playing this, you're gonna lose format. There was in 2014. It was like five different decks that you could play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it and, was. And all of them and all of them were all of them top. All of them had different representation and everything. I'm trying to think of what, what's another format that is. I think the last this format is kind of like that, where it's like a, it's a whole bunch of different decks that can. Uh, I see playing that can top as well. Yeah, they I all, feel like everything is viable to some degree. Yeah, but it's, but all of them really don't have like a card in common that they all play that was slow. Exactly. Out, except except for Dragoon. Now, that, that's, yes, that's, you know, that is the biggest. That's why I always go to that first because Dragoon seems to be the biggest offender because every deck can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all the other decks, they have so, like Drytron, for example. It's so many cards that only Drytron plays. Mm-hmm. Like no other deck is playing Herald of the the Diviner of Herald and Orange Light and Ava and Beatrice. And then you got the Phantom Knight deck, like Phantom Knight BA, and it's playing a bunch of those cards that no one else is playing, Fogblade and all of the Phantom Knight Silent Boots and the Grave Greaves and stuff. And you have the Tri-Brigade deck that's playing like Tenki and Zodiac cards, and Nova deck is doing that. And then Prank Kids playing all the Prank Kids and all those Hand Traps, right. Parallel Exceed. Again, no other deck plays any of their cards. So it's kind yeah. of, it's actually a bit hard because you want to, if you want to slow the game down or like balance it, you you do have to kind of hit all of. You have to hit so many things, is what I'm saying. Right. I think like like you actually have to hit so many key pieces from these decks because they all of them are so ridiculous when they go off. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time, like like for different formats, like when they slow down, like we try to slow down the format, like they take all the best decks and they do hit something in there to try and slow it down. Yeah. So Trabrigade, you got like Trabrigade, you can put Revolt the one. Yep, that would definitely uh, hurt that deck a bit. Tanky, uh, you can put mm-hmm. the Tanky to two or something because I, I know they, they like doing that. Even though, yeah. all, like, I feel like pretty much everyone hates two ofs, but right, I can see them semi limit and Tanky or something, you know, like that. Yeah, like, look, I think Revolt be like the best thing 
Yeah, um, rebolt the but, one. Yeah, because and then because like even if you like say you hit fractal or you hit nerval or like say like say you, you uh, ban fractal, like you still have other ways to still send your stuff to the graveyard because you have yeah. a kit and then you have a uh, carries that you can pitch a kit. And, and stuff like like this other was facilitated but fractal majority of times is your number one starter yeah it's just so gonna that, make the deck less consistent right but uh revolt the one would definitely be a thing because that that's their uh recurability with with their deck yeah like, they'd like to keep getting their searches and stuff what would you hit out of drytron uh drytron it like you'd have to ban like for it to really really slow down because diviner diviner being the one doesn't matter because it's searchable it's just you yep. don't you just you don't get the extra fodder uh, for Harold, like with yeah. the Ava playing, so you either hit Ava, like so you either ban Ava or you'd have to ban Benton. Like if Benton gets banned, that deck is not playable though. Yeah, it's not, it's not like it's playable, but it's not playable to the way it used to be. Like you yeah, have to, it's you, so much worse. <laughs> <clears throat> like, but that's like that's like don't like the really big thing. Yeah. Or even I'm trying to think if you do the names as well to like hitting any of the names. Like Alpha mm-hmm. is really because Alpha searches Benton, right? Mm-hmm. So but, I can see but, them doing something like that. Yeah, but even if you even if you put Alpha to one, there's other cards like they have multiple cards because that means you have to hit Cyber Emergency, which is a three of. Uh, the Exceeds move Beta can send the Alpha to the graveyard. Yeah, they have they have Drytron Nova that which is that three that special summons any of the names. Like so, yeah, start, like hitting that putting that to one, it hurts it. It hurts like it hurts you seeing it, but you have so many other cards that can get that, you. To yeah, that, that blindly can get you to it. Mm. It's tricky. It's like I have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, these last couple of lists, I feel like haven't really been that impactful because uh, I feel like during the pandemic and with the whole remote duel thing, they haven't cared as much. Right. So the balance have been like, I've even seen a balance that literally I'm pretty sure it was like two or three cards. It was like almost nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I think it was jet synchron. Like they hit, they hit jank, jet synchron. I think they limited uh, needle fiber and it was one other card that yeah. it, was, it was like three, like three cards on the list. Yeah. Th- literally a ban list. So yeah, Kenny recently during the pandemic, they had a, a, a list that came out and it, <laughs> It was like three cards. <laughs> like they just, they, never they just that. oh, block dragon was the other card. Mm. Okay, block. I remember because the Ad, the Emancipator deck was like was one of the best decks during that time because they like that that and it came out at the same time. Yeah, and that Ad Emancipator deck is broken. That deck plays through the beer too because it's a rock. Like, oh Because the, the tokens are rock, so they hit they hold a researcher. Like they do other plays first, hold researcher. They get in the beer because the deck gets in the beer hard. They get in the beer. They give them a token. The tokens are rock. So now they just summon. Uh, the Adam Spader researcher, like excavate their five special rock, and then turn the token and then um, research it to needle fiber because it's a tuner. Damn. And then just continue going off. Yeah, it's like it's like nothing ever happened. That's and so then, bad. And then block dragon, they get three. They get three new cards. So they either get cards to extend their play, or they have like they build up a, a nice board, and then they have to, they have uh, pretty much backup plays for the next turn if anything happens. What do you think about uh, triple tactics talent? That card is insane. That card, I love that card. That card is awesome. Very, very overpowered because it's three band cards, but mm-hmm. like that, that card is that, fucked up. <laughs> Greed, Forceful Century, and mm-hmm. uh, Change of Heart. That's all, but that's also one of the cards that outs Dragoon as well too, because you do one thing and then you just yeah. take it. Yeah, that like, card's scary to me. Which is why another check for Dragoon, which I can see them not hitting the Dragoon because there's so many answers to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah having but, but, Dragoon's good tactics is probably just game. <laughs> I imagine. Oh, it was one hundred percent game. Switch of his at four thousand. Like it's that's it. Yeah, you negate yeah, you negated something. He's now four thousand. Take it from you. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you're dead. Yeah, you like, are I think flat. I think the big like the biggest thing I think with tactics is since we're since like it's it's really good, especially for the type of format that they're playing right now. Like, cause like you said, everyone's playing like fifteen or so hand traps. Like a lot of your lottery cards are one or two card starters. 
they they stop when you they stop when you start like with Ash, Valor, something like that. It gives you like especially if you're going first, it gives you two choices. Like either that might have that might have bricked your hand, so now you need to draw two cards to get back yep. in the game, or you're playing a deck where like that that didn't even matter. I yeah. still I still have full combo, so mm-hmm. right now let me look at your hand. I'm about to I can look at your hand, see if you have another hand. Like if you have another hand trap, I just take it out of your hand. Yep. And then still continue my combo. Or if you don't have another hand trap, then I'm just going to put something back. Yeah, you need to do your play, and then you just lose anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you like, start to turn off with like four cards. Like the remote duel, the remote, the remote duel invitational last year, the summer of 2020. Uh, I played Ryan Levine um, on stream for round two. Uh, he was playing. He was playing the El- he was playing the synchro Elder deck, and I was playing uh, Infernoble Knights. And in, pretty much, uh, uh, what Infernoble Knights do, pretty much they summon two warriors, make uh, a sort of the I sold two tails of the Noble Knights. I summon a tuner, do a whole bunch of uh, needle fiber plays, synchro plays, like with the librarian and everything. So, but the deck has infinite starters, like infinite, infinite starters. Yeah. I think I do my first play. He side frame gammas it, which which puts a uh, gamma on the field, and then it puts driver on the field. Gamma is also a tuner. Like I'm looking at my hand. My hand is still broken. I still have the exact same full combo. Dang. Like e- even with getting gamma. So like I like and I have tactics too. So I tactics look at his hand. He doesn't have another hand trap, but I see what his hand is. So I pretty much break his hand and then still full combo. Even if I needed another body, since he put he pretty much put a tuner on the board and oh, he gave play. you a body too. Mm-hmm. He, he gave me a body as well. So I can either make uh, I can make dragoon 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 one night at a time, or I can take I take his tuner, put another body on board, and then make needle fiber and it's still full combo. Yeah, like it's, it's stuff like that. Like it's pretty much every answer to any situation, first or second. So you and, you like you like that card a lot then. Yeah, because it's like even though like when I do my decks, I, I try to make it to where I have multiple lines of play. If so, one thing gets stopped, then pretty much the deck I play has a backup plan to at least get me to somewhere or at least get yeah. me still to the same end goal. That's just insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that seems nuts. Yeah. That's pretty good. I want to – do you have another Yu-Gi-Oh thing you want to ask, Razor? No, no, I, I was I pretty much want to know how you felt about what needs to go and like how do you hit things. But the answer is so complicated that we that could be a whole different podcast, honestly, on just the forbidden limited list. <clears throat> I was going to ask real quick. We asked you about anime. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite video games or game series or game genres? Uh, well, we, I can do game genre. Game genre, I like action adventure, uh, RPGs. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm, I'm big. I'm big on those. What are some uh, examples like uh, action adventure? What do you got in there? Like a couple examples. A big one that I really, really liked was Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts was like one of my really favorite action adventures. Yes, sir. It's basically yes, kind of basically an RPG too. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but but I like played that, every cage. I love those games. Oh yeah, I do. I do too. Like I like I'm, I was a big Kingdom Hearts fan, and like like the oh, the opening song, like just like mm-hmm. all, all the opening songs. Just, yeah, simple and clean, sanctuary, like mm-hmm. all of them. Oh yeah, nice like figures. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm trying to go another action adventure. Like, it's been so long since I've gamed. You like play, game, uh, game, like Ethan. Like Devil May Cry. Uh, me and my cousin, like me and my cousin, I played with, uh, games with my cousin a lot. Like when we were young, I used to live with him in Indiana, and uh, like we get we get out from school or whatever, we go outside a little bit sometimes. But our biggest thing that we did together was literally just game, like mm-hmm. anything game wise. Like we we started early. I think uh, we we were playing the Super Nintendo. Like my dad got me a Super Nintendo when I was really young. Uh, my cousin was big on the PlayStation side. I was big. I was more on the Nintendo side. So he would have all the PlayStation stuff. He had a PlayStation One, PlayStation Two. I, I'm pretty sure he had a PlayStation Three. I had the Super Nintendo. Uh, I got the N64 uh, 
Christmas of '96, the year that it came out. Yeah. And and then I had I also had a GameCube. I did have a Dreamcast. That's what's up. So between you and your cousin, you guys had yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Shit. yeah we, that's we the hit, way to do it too. Yeah, we hit we hit all the areas like we, we played it strategically. Yeah, whatever right. I don't got, you got to get it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah cover those gaps. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, it's, it's I can't think. Like it's it's, it's uh, Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry. Yeah, yeah, this was. Yeah, I love the Devil May Cry series. Was was awesome. Whenever awesome. I think about Devil May Cry, I always think about God of War as well. Oh, yeah. They were both kind of like PlayStation Two. Um, those kind of beat em up games where you get swarmed mm-hmm. by fucking enemies. I don't know what that type of genre is called, but that <laughs> genre is really fun to me. Like when you're just swarmed by enemies and you can just mm-hmm. go bonkers, do whatever mm-hmm. you want, whatever your fingers can produce, you can just combo off on screen. And it looks so cool. Oh, yeah. Got my God of War. I love God of War. The biggest thing, like going back to Devil May Cry, like the biggest thing about it was like it's flash, it's flashy. Mm-hmm. Like like the stuff that Dante or Nero does. Like, yeah, it, and they talk shit too. Oh, yeah, all the time. It's all like, it's as flashy shit. as possible. I played all of them. De- Devil May Cry Two, of course, is the weaker of all of them. Like Devil May Cry Two was the weaker one. Uh, one was good. Three was really good. I played four. I, I enjoyed four, and I, I enjoyed Devil May Cry Five. Like I, I played five as well too. Like I enjoyed. I, I, still, I did enjoy five. I actually still haven't played four or five. I've played one, two, and three, Same. but uh, I yeah. haven't played four or five or the reboot. I, I, I played. I, the don't, re- I don't plan on ever touching the reboot. <laughs> I, I, I played. I played the reboot too, just to kind of. Just to do to, it, yeah. Yeah, just to see what it was about. Is that the one where he's like young? It's a different Dante altogether. Yeah, like, 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 it's a totally different yeah. Dante. Yeah. Like, like, like Dante. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't he doesn't even have the white hair. Yeah, he doesn't that. he doesn't have the hair, right? Uh no, he's got black hair. Yeah, yeah I remember he, seeing like, like, he's like, like a kid, like a teenager almost look like. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, looks I'm, like, I'm trying to say it he, without like giving spoilers to like people who didn't play it. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of the first hour of the game, he looks like he's straight out of a like a Green Day band. He looks <laughs> yes. like yes, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play like Final? Were you big into Final Fantasy at all? Or uh, I was aware of Final Fantasy. Uh, the first Final Fantasy. The first. I keep dropping stuff over here. The first Final Fantasy well, that dude, I played. I dropped the whole ukulele earlier. <laughs> <You're just feeling laughs> uh, the first Final Sa- Final Fantasy that I played was uh, ten. 10, 10 was okay. the first one. That's, that's a, a great one. Great to start one. one. Yeah, I'm about to that's say that is a good <laughs> Final Fantasy. That's that leaves a good impression. Then. No, yeah, like I, I like, and I really love that game. I, yeah, I have to. I have to actually have to go back and play it because I got all the way to the end uh, when you fight Jet. Well, when yep. he's uh, fused with Sin, and yeah, I cannot. I, I cannot beat it. Well, when I, I was I, a kid. That, and like 10 years old, that game came out and I got up to Jack 2 and I could not get past that fucking part. And they play that <laughs> rock music and shit and you're fighting him. I used to get bodied in front of my best friend all the time. I was like, this is a cheating ass fight. Because <laughs> he get to the end and he just started turning up on you and taking all these extra turns. Yep. And I was like, quick, if, you, if, Unaleska was hard enough. Like, If anybody's ever had trouble with Jack, quick, uh, quick little tip for you. If you've played a lot of RPGs, maybe you're not used to this, but for some reason... That final jet fight, you can poison them. Poison works on them. Yeah. I, See, I didn't. A lot, I wasn't for a lot of final bosses. For a lot of final bosses, poison does not work. But for some reason, poison works on jet. So yeah. if you want to hit them with that poison, uh, it's does, start whittling them down. Wait, does does he not heal himself? Like he he does heal himself, but but he's going to heal himself regardless. Right. You yeah. So, just do it again. The poison just helps. Well, no, yeah. he he heals himself in terms of HP. Uh, he doesn't. Cure the status yeah, of yeah, the poison. Yeah, yeah. He just he just takes it. So yeah. <laughs> kind of like a bravely default. Like randomly, a lot of the bravely default bosses just get poisoned, and they they can damn near just die to it. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah, I you know I play a ton of video games, so but I, I resonate mm-hmm. with the Kingdom Hearts a lot. Kingdom Hearts and Zelda, 
are like in no. terms of single player games, those are two of my highest on my list. Yeah, I'm 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 really big in this like Zelda. Zelda's an action adventure game. I'm so stupid. Like Zelda, like Zelda, I I really love the Zelda franchise. Like yeah, like I I grew I grew up, I grew up with uh with yes Zelda. yes. Do you I have a I, Do you have a favorite Zelda game? Uh, honestly, Majora's Mask is my favorite. Ooh, that's a good you know, like 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 honest like like I, I played Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time was good. Like of course traveling back and forth. Like like that that game was especially like being the first one that was like mm-hmm. fully fully three D. Like they like it and then me having the sixty four. It was very very fun. That's how I got into those yeah. type of games and stuff. And of course I played all the other staples on there, like Benji Kazooie, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Diddy Kong, like y'all were talking about in the N64 uh, series. I, I love yes, Diddy sir. Kong over Mario Kart as well, too. Yeah. Yes, I, don't, yes. I, I do think that Diddy Kong was the better game, honestly. Oh, well, 100%. Yeah. I agree. Mario Kart yeah. hadn't quite hit its stride yet. Like, yeah. that was the first Mario Kart, right? Like, that is the first mm-hmm. one. No, no, the no, first no, one's on SNES. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one's on SNES. Okay, so Mario Kart 64 was just Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, but yeah, Majora's Mask. That's that's one of my favorites. My top two, not counting Breath of the Wild, because yeah, that's 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 all. Honestly, I, <laughs> I love Breath of the Wild, and I have I a hard do. time placing it. But my uh, my top two have for Zelda has been Majora's Mask and Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Like, those those games are. No, I love both of them. The biggest thing that drew me into Majora's Mask, outside of it, like still being connected with uh, Ocarina of Time, but not really being connected with it. The transformations with the mask. I think, like I, I saw the I saw the commercials when they came on, and then I saw if you could transform into uh, the the Deku shrub, into the Goron, into the, the Zora is my favorite mask. Yes, like, I, I don't, I'll be, yeah, like that one is the <laughs> most fun. <laughs> His face fucking starts like drink. You see like the mm. like ink stuff coming down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like pulling at his face why does it sound like he's in so much pain when he's transforming in that game that used to creep me out a little bit mm-hmm. and then the moon the fucking evil oh yeah the, the moon is sitting there looking at you so then he gets he's getting closer and closer every yeah, day yeah i'm like why is this game so dark <laughs> that game is so good it has some of the best side quests of any game oh, I've ever one, played. One, because it's in that three-day structure they sent the side quest up to be like really really interesting Mm-hmm. Like where well, you can you can do one part of the quest like this has to be like night of the first day and then like you can't finish the quest until like literally the last the last day yeah like yep. the last couple last couple hours like there's there's a couple of uh of side quests that are like that that are definitely time sensitive mm-hmm. but of course you have the ocarina where you can like you can fast forward like the day yep you can, or you can like fast forward there skip a day slow down time like to where like the day takes a lot longer so you can have mm-hmm. more time to do stuff. Ah, like, like, so the, like the, the, the concepts for that game was very, very good. Like, they I, should re- I, enjoyed it. I know they don't really do this, but they should kind of redo Majora's Mask. Like, don't like, mm-hmm. like, like remake, or are you talking about like remaster? Not really a remake, but like, kind of do another Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, like blatantly, like, yeah. like in, in that same, in that same, uh, yeah, in that, like, that same timeline. Because it has so many interesting things with the time thing, but also the masks. Like, th- that hasn't really been done since. It's just kind of yeah. Like, if they um, could make another Zelda that. Like a Majora's, like a Majora's Mask sequel, like yes, something somehow related to those mechanics. Yeah, because I feel like Breath of the Wild is getting a sequel. Oh and yeah, 100%. there's no feel like it's confirmed. Yeah, we have so, trailers and everything. So there's a precedent for sequels now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they could sequel Wind Waker. They could sequel Ocarina of Time. They could sequel all. Like they can literally just be like, this is a direct follow. <laughs> and the Breath of the, of the Wild event. sequel looks like crack. Oh my! Oh. I can't wait. <laughs> I can. I gotta play, play that game. Oh yeah. Uh, I think maybe yes. I'll watch a playthrough. No, yeah. like the, I think the nah, biggest... nah, don't watch a playthrough. <laughs> you know, you gotta, it's you... just not that kind of game. It's yeah, just not have, that kind of game. You have to you gotta... experience it. You have to experience it. It's good. I think like looking at the Zelda like franchise, I think one of the biggest things like 
it's all like it's all been good. Like I enjoyed Wind Waker. Uh, Twilight Princess was very good. Uh, Skyward Sword is like, of course, people are torn. I still like the game a lot. Like, I, I enjoyed it. And stuff. It's not, it's not like the better ones, but like it, it's not like, oh, I hate this game. Mm-hmm. Like I hate this game. But like I think one of the things like looking at the Zelda series as it progressed, one thing that I kind of like me personally that I kind of missed about it was the music aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't see like the music that like the music of like the actual games, but like you being involved in it, like how you had the ocarina in the uh, ocarina of time, and then Majora's Mask, and then Wind Waker. Of course, you have the Wind Waker, even though you're not playing it, you're you're directing everything. Yep, but you're still making the music and stuff. Like I know, uh, was it? I think is it, is it Twilight Princess or the Skyward Sword where he has like the harp? I think that's Skyward Sword, right? I think. And Skyward Sword, you have the harp, and Twilight Princess. You- the yeah. only like you don't have an instrument, but when you're a wolf, you do like you you howl, yeah, howl the, yeah. and like you howl like you can make music with your howls, right? But I know, I, but no, but like with that, it wasn't as it wasn't as much like it wasn't like yeah. as much of like how the ocarina and mm-hmm. like the wind waker were. There was like little side stuff that you could do. True, like but I, like I, I, I that was one of the big things. Like outside of like the gameplay, that was one of the things that I thoroughly enjoyed about the games because I'm. I, I do a little bit of everything. Like I'm a really big music person as well. Cause I played instruments in like growing up and actually like when I graduated college, my major was in music. That's what's up. Yeah. So like That's that, like, up. so yeah. music, like in all different, in all facets of it has a big impact on like my and life. The music in the Zelda games is something special. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. That is pretty damn good. <laughs> all right. Well, we should start to wrap up. We have just crossed the two hour mark, but we are, Really happy that you came on, Blair. Um, yes, I'm yes. really excited about this episode as well. Just all of my Yu-Gi-Oh peeps that I've been seeing for years who have done amazing things in the game and also outside of the game. I love all of you guys, and I'm glad that you're willing to come on our podcast and you know give your opinions on certain things, talk about the game, talk about anime and video games and all that. Yeah, definitely. I, pre- I definitely appreciate y'all having me. I, I'm definitely, even though like when I, I went and asked you about it, because like, when I saw the first couple of episode, episodes, I was like, oh yeah, like this. I, I'm already digging like where like this is going to where it can go yeah. in the future. But I was like, man, I'm I do want to be a part. Like this is something like I feel like I'd want to be a part of. And like yeah. share share my thoughts on like different things. Not even just like Yu Gi Oh, but like outside of Yu Gi Oh, like anime, yes. other, other other nerd topics and stuff. Thank I was you. Like, so, dude, we can definitely. I'm me and Fraser this all the time. We're definitely down to have people on again. I would yep. love to have you on. We could talk about an animated like you said, Outlaw Star is your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could, you know, talk yeah, about we could definitely talk about forever. that and more Zelda. And Zelda, everything. Oh yeah. So I, I really appreciate um everything you said and just you you being on and everything. I got you. I definitely appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right. So real quick, let me just go through our patrons because we always got to give them our shout out. We appreciate those guys. So over on Patreon, we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Xavier, Garen, Quest, and Hylian. We appreciate mm. you guys. You guys are keeping the lights on for the I Am There podcast. That's true. Because contrary to popular belief, it does cost money to run these. <laughs> That's right. So we we thank you guys a lot. You guys are covering a lot of the expenses for the podcast. It was great, and uh, your support means a lot to us, especially in these early stages. You know, while we're while we're growing and still learning a lot, still trying to figure out all the different types of content we want to put out. But we appreciate all of our listeners in general too. People who just you know if you listen to this at work or at the gym or your ride to work, like like Blair said, the commute. Um, yeah, the commute. <laughs> yeah. However you listen to it, um, we, we appreciate your support. And hopefully there's some episodes for everybody where this is now. This is now episode 20. Episode 20 so 20 for 20 tops. Yep, 20 <laughs> tops. And also uh, 
you know, we're we're out we're out of our teen years. You know, we're we're getting we're getting up there. Mm-hmm. We are getting up there. The podcast is. I want to say right now it's probably two months old now. So I know we started in July, like mid July. So it's mid September now. So yeah, I think we're, I think we're passing the two month mark. But uh, yeah, this is this has been great, and we're growing. And I just uh, I'm happy that a lot of people do fuck with this what we're doing here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, Blair, if you're looking to come back on the podcast with us, you know we'll reach out to you and and we'll get you back on so we can talk about more anime and video games. And uh, we'll see where Yu-Gi-Oh is at that point too, because I'm sure by the next time we we do a podcast together, there there'll probably be a ban list or something. Oh well, no, it's coming. It's um... yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm actually like I keep telling people that I'm not going to play again, and I don't think I will. But depending on how the ban list looks, you know, I, it, it, one of these days I might just be like, "Fuck it, that ban list looks juicy enough for me to jump back in." <laughs> I, 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 I think the biggest kicker is probably going to be the first. Like IRL event, I think that's gonna be the one. That's so I said I'm going to that no matter what. Right. Where and I hope it's in Cali because I, me and you both love Cali. <laughs> if it's in, I will love it if it's in Cali because as a non-player, going to Cali is fun in general. Mm-hmm. But then being able to see all Yu-Gi-Oh people who I love and hanging out, and then also enjoying Cali would be the best experience. Like I hope that it's somewhere in the West Coast, just because I live on the East Coast and I'm always here. But um, if it's in Cali, that'd be great. If not Cali, then like Florida for for Universal and Disney. Uh, or Atlanta just for black shit because I just fucking love <laughs> Atlanta. It's just like it's a lot of that in Atlanta. Yes, yes, Atlanta is like my fave for just you know the blackiest of black. I just love it there. So great food, great people, great vibes. But um, all right, well, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you guys for rocking with I am Nerd. It's episode twenty. Uh, you know, hit us up on Patreon, subscribe to our YouTube, uh, follow us, and everything on all the other platforms: Spotify, Apple. All that good stuff. Hold up, before we go, Blair, is there anything you want to shout out for yourself? Yes, if you have anything. Uh, not really. Much. Like, of course, want to shout out uh, everybody that I've been, uh, met through the years in the game. Like all different. I know we didn't get. I know we hit on a little bit. We didn't really get into like the sponsor years and stuff. But like, yeah, all the different sponsors that I've had, like Kyle, uh, Chris, all the people like that I tested with and everything that got me to where uh, I'm at now in Yu-Gi-Oh. Even though I don't play as much as I. Used to, but I didn't get here just by myself. I got here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, other, other people helped me up. Also, yeah. um, Scott Page. Uh, yeah. He, 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 I know. He, I, had to, I had to do this for him before we go because he knows that I'm the Cyber Dragon. God. So I just had to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to do it for him one time. I had to do it for him one time. I love that. <laughs> Cyber <Yes>. Dragon God. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I think we can. All right. Well, it, right. Good times. Yep. Oh, yeah. All Have right. Have a good so night long. or a good day. Peace out. See you. <laughs>